Hi, is this uh, the Metropolis Travel Agency? Why, yes it is. How are you today, sir? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm looking for a place to go on a little bit of a vacation, little trip, bit of a good time. Well, then you've come to the right place. Hi, my name is Charles Irving Bartowski. Okay, Charles Bartowski. Kevin, I heard that name before. It sounds familiar. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I just could have swore there was a guy that sold me a microwave the other day. Dave Charles Bartowski. Or wait no, a minute. I think oh. he fixed my computer. I'm not sure. Well, either way, I am Charles Bartowski, and I will be handling your trip. Now, where, like, what region area do you have in mind? I don't know, like, I'm looking for something rural, but, you know, you have some kind of historical essence to it, some place I can learn something. I mean, I know Washington, D.C., you can learn a lot of history there. But that's kind of a cliche thing. I want to do something really different, kind of outside of the box on where to go. Okay. So you want sort of maybe a small town in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, that sounds good, but it's got to have a little bit of a significance. Okay, okay. How about Hazelhurst, Georgia, the home of Steve Glotson, the founder of Geek Out Loud? I don't know. I mean, there's too many celebrities down there, especially this weekend. But people are really hyping up some finale of a TV show. There's all sorts of celebrities down there, like this guy, Joe Hubrick, David Holbrook. Don't know if you've heard of any of those guys. No, no, I'm sorry. They don't ring a bell. They're really popular celebrities. I mean, they're all over the TV and everything. Okay, well, maybe I have to get out. I've kind of been stuck in my room most of the day playing Star Wars Battlefront 2. But that is beside the point. What, aren't you supposed to be doing a job? Uh, yeah, I'm working now. Anyway, how about, well, would you like to visit the birthplace of the greatest superhero the world has ever known? That kind of sounds interesting. But does it fit the criteria of what I'm looking for? Yeah, I mean, there's a small town, middle of Kansas, three hours out of Metropolis, called Small. Solid. Yeah. Is it there? Did they have some problem with, like, meteor rock damage or something a couple years ago, though? Oh, back in the 80s, there was some meteor shower, and then there was another one, 2005, I believe. But most of that damage has been cleared up. I mean, what do you got? You got clear skies got a small town, really nice people, great coffee house. Coffee In fact, there are two of them. You also got a big Luther Court plant there. Maybe you'd like to check that out. Maybe give you a little more history about the Luthers there. The Luther Court plant. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. They're pretty popular around Metropolis. Yeah. Nice high school. Hmm. A lot of nice people. I mean, they got it all down there. I mean... They even have people who follow you around trying to kill you every once in a while. I mean, what better can you get? Wait, whoa, whoa, what? What? People try to, what, kill you? I thought this was like a wholesome small town, like old-fashioned America kind of thing. Big wholesome apple pie kind of place. Well, I, I, it really is. The thing is, with the meteor shower, some of the people got a little crazy. I mean, there was apparently this guy 
who could become invisible by rubbing some of the meteorite dust all over his body. That's kind of odd. Yeah, and then there was another one who could just, you know, throw people miles just from a kryptonite inhaler. Hmm. Is this some kind of, like, ride or attraction that they have in the town? Well, I mean, mainly the attraction is all the meteorite damage. I mean, there's Crater Lake. A I mean, lake made by a crater. Yeah. There are a lot of people there. Really nice, most of them. Is the, is the lake safe? 25% of them. Is it safe to swim in the lake? Oh, yeah. People go in all the time. I mean, I'm, there's a few times during the winter where people get crazy. But other than that, I mean, crazy. you got nothing to worry about. It's summer. Like, define crazy. Well, I mean, there was one year when a kid fell through the ice and kind of started making out with girls to get their body heat, and then they kind of died. But, I mean, seriously, man, it's summer. Stuff like that doesn't happen anymore. I mean, all you have to worry about are metahuman vampires, people who can turn invisible, people who can teleport, and people who make you tell the truth. Oh, oh, okay, wait, wait, vampires? Vampires. Oh, yeah, they're nothing to worry about, though. I mean, they only go after really attractive pizza guys. Attractive pizza guys? Yeah. Mm, okay. I mean, I, I just thought that was just some show on the CW network that had vampires. No, I mean, meteorites do strange things to people small, though. Mm. So so let me get this straight. If I, if I stay away from these rocks, I'll be okay. Like, I'll enjoy myself. I mean, you might want one as a souvenir. You know, maybe you'll get the power of flight, or maybe you'll get obsessive. I mean, it all depends on how you look at it, really. I don't know. I mean, is there anybody that's, like, normal in the town? Oh, yeah. There's Senator Martha Kent's from there. I mean, oh, okay. she had a great family. That's a, yeah, that's a legit person. Yeah, there was a family who was out of there, the Rosses. Oh, yeah. I, I believe half of that family moved out after some divorce. The Sullivan's lived there. Lex Luthor lived there for a while. His mansion burned down though a few months ago. Oh, I saw that. I saw that at Cribs the other day. They, they, it burned down? Yeah. Oh, man. That that would have been a draw to get me to the, the town. That would be nice. You can always go look at the remains. I mean, all they have are creepy bald guys with one hand working around. I mean, it's no problem. Creepy bald guys, so... Is there some kind of repellent for those type of people? Like a spray? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess you'd have to look into that. But ma mainly, just stay away from them and let them do what they're doing and you mind your own business. Then they won't bother you. Sir, are you sure this is worth the trip? I, it just seems like a lot to be concerned about for just a simple vacation, taking a load off, you know? Oh, I'm, I'm positive. I'm positive. It's, it's a great trip. I've been there myself. I got the ability to control technology, and oh. that's why it works so great around me. It's amazing. Oh, so that's how you could play Star Wars Battlefront to be a travel agent at the same time. Exactly. I mean, it all depends on how you look at it. Okay. You can call the curse, or you can call the gift, but either way, you're probably going to get meteor infected if you, or even visit Smallville. Well, if I get into trouble or something... Is there, like, a, a number that I could call for some help in case I needed it? Uh, well, the best thing you can probably do is look up in the sky. Okay, okay. 
All right. Are you sure? I mean, there's there's nothing else I can do. I mean, can, can I give you a call for some help? Yeah, if, if you wanted. I mean, I don't know what you'd do. You could call the Oliver Queen Free Narrow Hotline or Booster. Or, yeah, that gold guy, yeah. Yeah. Booster Gold has a hotline, too. I think it's 1-800-BOOSTER. Is he, is he with your travel agency? I mean, yeah, he's booked for us a few times. He went to Metropolis once, tried to take over Superman's little posse there, but it didn't really work. So okay. him and this blue kid kind of went down to New Mexico. Blue kid. What's that place in New Mexico like? Or is it just more worth me going to Smallville? It's more worth you going to Smallville. I mean, there's nothing really to see except alien invasions, battles. And a blue and gold guy occasionally trying to kill each other. I mean, that's all. Smallville's where it's at. Mm. I like to go exploring. Is there any, like, kind of cool places to explore at Smallville? Well, there is a forest. I mean, you can hike in there. There's obviously one around uh, Crater Lake, which is cool. There is also many cornfields. You might want to go through a few of those. Careful of scarecrows. Okay. Sometimes they're dangerous. I, I thought that was the only a problem in Gotham City. Well, it's a different kind of scarecrow. These ones are meteor infected and might possibly try and kill. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know if Smallville is the right place for me. Oh, don't even question that for a minute, sir. I mean, Smallville is the ultimate tourist destination. Okay. I mean, you even got Superboy there to protect the city for you. Superman can't get there in time. Okay, all right, all right. That 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 makes me feel better. So this Superboy guy, he's around pretty regularly. Oh yeah, he lives there. I'm, I assume he probably goes to Smallville High. I mean, he's only a teenager. He just you know okay. flies around with jeans and a black Superman T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. If Superman's around, or somebody related to Superman, I I think that'll be pretty good. Why don't you book me a flight? All right, all right. How about this Friday at 9.15, Central? You know what? I really can't do that. I've got an event I have to get to. It's a live show. It's, it's taking place on our Ustream page. I have a podcast called Across the Airways. You might want to check it out. Okay. Okay. Will do. Will do. But on one occasion. Well, actually, it's beginning right now. TV fans are taking over. This is Across the Airways. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special live episode of Across the Airways, a podcast dedicated to giving weekly TV show episode reviews, along with news and opinions on the television industry. I'm Dan Schmidt, your host, who is still in denial that his favorite show has come to an end. And with me is a guy who will go into a phantom zone with me and back, my second string co-host, Michael J. Petty. Hey, Michael. And also with us, is a special guest who I'd like to call Across the Airwaves' Court Magician, the host of the Young Justice podcast, 
the one, the only, Alisa Lee. Hi, everybody. Hey, Alisa Lee. Thanks for joining us. Oh, excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm, I'm, I'm very honored. No problem. It's going to be a great time. We're looking forward to doing this. We're going to have a good time. And tonight we are recording live in front of a chat room filled with our listeners to take part in the Superman live show, an event dedicated to celebrating the trials we witnessed throughout the course of the hit TV series Smallville that transformed a high school freshman named Clark Kent into Superman, the greatest hero that the world has ever known. And with that, we're going to just start things off by discussing an event that was 10 long years in the making, the Smallville series finale. And Elisa Lee or Michael, do you want to start things off with your thoughts, general thoughts? Oh, I'll be glad to go. I'll be glad. Okay. Um, it was awesome. I mean, how, how much better could anything be, especially on a CW budget? Um, the finale, I mean, from lo- the wedding until Clark opens that shirt at the end, it was everything I hoped it would be, I would want it to be. Um, I mean, I can go into specifics, but that's just general, and I know we're going to talk about specifics later. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, but I just, I mean, I've watched it five times, and I've enjoyed it, and seen more, even better, you know, more stuff that I love every time I've seen it. So, I can't wait to watch it a sixth time. <laughs> so, I loved it. Well, let me ask you this. After watching it for the fifth time, are you still... Feeling that emotion? Is it still tugging at the heartstrings for you? Oh, I want a Metropolis so bad. <laughs> I want to. I know it's not going to happen because yes. you know they're on to their other things, and I'm glad for those actors. Those actors have given us so much joy over these years. I hope I want them to have good things, and I'm certainly going to follow them. Uh, Tom sure. Welling is, you know, he's going to do some good things. I mean, behind and uh, hopefully he'll do some more acting. But behind the camera, he's great. Erica Durant, I think she's one of the best actresses I've ever seen Cassidy uh, Michael I just you know it was it was it was bittersweet it was um, it was everything I wanted and you know they're handing it off to the movies you know they've done their part to make the Superman fans happy and it's time for them to move on yeah but it was sad it was sad yeah but it it, it was was a good ending it was bittersweet I guess that's the best word to say for it yeah so. Michael, you're kind of quiet over there. What were your initial thoughts on finale? Well, there are really only four let or five letters that can really describe how I felt after and during watching it. It'd be S, U, P, E, and then an R. That's that's awesome. That's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, very fits the theme of tonight. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I gotta say, I was really looking forward to it, like beyond anything, and it still hasn't hit me that it's over, and I don't think it will till September, and then I might cry even more. But I mean, it's been a great for me. It's been four years, four or five years. So I mean, that's been awesome for me. I've enjoyed every second of it. So. I mean, to see it come to a close, it was very um, emotional. But at the same time, it was very, I was very ready for it. And I knew kind of what to expect. And I was very happy with how it turned out. I don't think I would change anything. Really. 
Okay. You know, even the bad episodes, which were a few, I mean, they had a few clunkers in there. I rem you know, we remember those with fondness, you know. It's just, you know, it's like, what were they thinking about that episode? But at the same time, you go back and watch it, and you're like, it's okay. You know, it, it may have been a clunker. They may not have, um, you know, tied up loose ends. But it's still a good episode because so many of them are so good. And I, I don't know. The thing about Smallville that I have found interesting is that in its longevity, I mean, in 10 years, that's a long time is that there is so much good that has come out of these um, out of this series in the lore of Superman that that those little chinks are um, uh, perfect imperfections to me now I can watch those episodes and I remember I remembered watching them when I when they first aired and thinking what were they thinking but now I mean, I can watch them and be they're so I'm so fond of them now yeah even though they, yeah, it's it's like having that weird. I don't know. I, I I don't know if I expressed it right, but it's just it's all good now. Yeah, they really did a nice job of tying up all the loose ends and kind of cleaning house on the things that maybe didn't make sense or were kind of out of place for us. <laughs> and I, I was very glad to see that everyone was kind of on board with that. And it seemed like the actors and the, the the crew and the writers all worked together to mm -hmm. make sure all those loose ends were tied up. That they were all on board with what they were doing. Yeah, you know, whenever you see interviews or read about interviews with these actors, or the directors, the producers, they're always talking about how much they love the series, how they love the characters. And these, this was a very hardworking group of people. And whether you agreed or disagreed with the storyline, their whole heart was in it. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, these are people who were truly dedicated to this series and to the story up until the very end. Uh, I mean, Beeman, Tom, Erica, they, they realized um, that this is, um, I mean, Superman's an American icon. Right. I mean, that, that symbol, when he rips open his shirt, Beeman, he wrote in his web blog, he was, or blog, he was so nervous about how that was going to look and whether it was in focus and whether, he says he's never been like that before. It's such an icon and it's so important to so many people and it was important to them on the set. And that came through, especially in this finale, about how important this series was to them. Well, this was ushering Superman into a new generation. Mm -hmm. This was kind of, you know, Tom Welling is kind of the torchbearer for the new millennium in terms of how people view Superman and perceive the character mm -hmm. with what they did with Smallville. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Good torchbearer. He, yeah. he deserves, yeah, he's a good guy. And the big thing with it is, like, a lot of, I mean, I, I can't tell you people, younger viewers that have gotten into Superman because of Smallville, what these people behind the show have done. So that's just a really great thing to see. Absolutely. They're, they they worked their hearts out on this series. Their whole hearts were into it, and it could, you could tell it. Yeah, definitely. So it was, it was a good ending. A good ending. Well, I, I don't know, Michael, or at least if either one of you can see the chat, 
Is there anybody in there asking questions or anything? Uh, not yet, not okay. yet. Um, just so you guys out there who are listening, feel free to sign in and ask us questions or yeah. tell us what you think. We're oh, hey, Robin. Nice. Oh, awesome. awesome. That is awesome. Hi, Robin. Oh, that's exciting. We have somebody famous. Robin from Starfield's House of L. Awesome. Hello. Hey, Robin. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, I'm big fan, now. hardcore listener of Shoe. So thanks for coming in, dude. <laughs> oh, you are great. No, that's oh, Joe's are... line. That's Joe's line. Oh. oh. Unfortunately, I can't see the chat to see what Robin is saying back to me. Sorry no. about that, Robin. He said, oh, please stop. Well, we're not going to stop because we like you. Yes. <laughs> yes, we're going to gush. You we're make gonna... us laugh. That's the, oh. the key. That's why we're excited you're here. You know, it's like I said, good or bad on Smallville, you, you, I mean, the fans, I mean, that show, the thing about Shu and the thing about your show, um, Dan, is that you guys are always upbeat and positive, whether you, you disagree with what happens in a show or not. That's what makes both of the shows, Shu and Across the Airwaves, so good and so much fun. And um, I'm going to gush on both of you, so you're just going to have to take it. So. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, who wants to go somewhere where it's negative all the time? You know, just because, right. you know, there's, there, like I said, there's so much good. And um, uh, we're glad to have you, Robin. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming. And, Robin, since you are here, I'm going to say, we this week had some turmoil go on with some things like that that could have made us get negative and across the airwaves. And you guys have kind of been the example for us to not let those things get us down. So Yeah. I, I know we haven't talked directly before, but really you guys, what you've done with your show, the example you've set for me, well, really helped me out a lot this week with that conflict we ran into. And again, I don't want to get into that here because we don't want to bring the show down, but I do want to say thanks mm -hmm. for just the example you guys set. Because I know you guys are coming to an end soon, and definitely we wanted you to know that. Oh, stiff sniff. I don't want it to end either. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to make you cry there. No, no. But um, what else do you want us to talk about? Well, I, I kind of wanted to go into the finale a little bit. Everyone can add other things to it. The big thing I enjoyed about finale, and I know Shu covered this a little bit. I, I feel like we're treading on their territory a little bit with this discussion mm -hmm. over the finale. But I enjoyed, like they did on Shu, how it was. The first part was the wedding, and mm -hmm. the second part was him becoming Superman. But mm -hmm. they connected to each other. Mm -hmm. And they were both a necessary, I don't want to say necessary evil, but they were a necessary good to make the finale really good. And just give everybody everything they wanted. I think all versions of fans of this show should have, should have something to be happy with regarding watching this. Hey, we can have Robin come on with us. Yeah. Would he be up for that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. bring him on. Yeah. Do you need to give up my Skype name? I have um, mine, if he wants yours. Yeah, I'm tweeting we'll this. add him on to mine, because we're already running with Elisa Lee. All right, mm -hmm. it's trivia. Okay, I'm tweeting this. We're, we've, we've got, we're starstruck here on this show now. Can you, okay. <laughs> Tell him to <laughs> add me as a contact. Mm -hmm. But, yes. well, thank you. Well, you know what? The thing about the wedding for me—I mean, I was kind—I was excited about it, but I didn't know I was going to love it as much as I did when the, when she when she at the end of um, 
prophecy was it when she broke up with Clark I was like are we really going there I was kind of really I mean yes. I knew they were going to get together in the end because I, I was spoiled I knew the but I was like oh this is such a Lana thing to do <laughs> but the more I thought about it the more I realized she she was um I think there was a part of her that didn't think she deserved being married to him or didn't think that, or that really did think she was going to hold him back somehow. Right. And um, I loved that her, or that his vows changed her mind and vice versa. Yeah. I love that because even though Clark said, you know, if you're going to, you know, fine, if, if you don't want to get married, you're going to have to leave me at the altar. He, I think, can, I mean, he knows her well enough to know that it's going to be up to Lois to change, you know, it's not anything he's going to do to change her mind. She is enough of her own person that, I'm not expressing it quite well, but that wasn't going to be what was going to change her mind. Yeah. She, she, I mean, he was showing her his commitment to this. He wasn't trying to control her. He wasn't trying to uh, guilt her into the altar. She wouldn't allow that anyways. She, she's too, she, she's too self-confident and knows who she is for that. But she, um, when she read those vows and knew that he needed her, or he needed her because with her he would never be alone, I mean, that just, that just melted my heart, and it must have melted hers, too. I just, I was like, Lois, if you don't marry him, I will. I'll come right through that screen, and I'll walk down the aisle for you. It just, yes. I, oh, it was so good. And, um, again, if I talk too much, just tell me to stop, because no, I, can, fine. I, I can go on and you're, on. You're keeping us going, because we're trying to get um, mm -hmm. uh, Robin on here. Oh, okay, okay, well, then I'll keep going. So I'll just keep going a little bit, if you want to. Okay. Well, and then when um, Clark, um, you know, he thinks, well, maybe Lois has something going on here as far as maybe holding off on the wedding or, uh, you know, because he says at the door, at that great door scene, he says, sometimes you see things I don't see. And so, and then she's like, no, you know, I was wrong about this. Um, we're a perfect fit. Yeah. And then he he read her vows, which was, her vows were just awesome. I mean, it was so totally Lois. There were misspellings. There were yes. editing. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, I'm a Lois lover mostly. Yeah. Well, I mean, because of who she is. But as a writer myself, I am a horrible speller. Yeah. And so I so relate to her. That's and <laughs> I'm a horrible speller. But anyways, she... But, you know, her, her, her statement that life is messy, you know, but that doesn't mean it doesn't go on. Exactly. Oh, it just, I mean, they're perfect. They were perfect we're, for each other. We're going to add on Robin right now. Hi, so Robin. I want to present to everyone Starkville's House of Bells, very own Robin Birch, who is surprisingly joining us on this live show. So that's awesome. So here's Robin. Let's hope we can get him in here. Calling him now, Lisa Lee. You still with us? I'm still here. Hey, hey, Robin. How you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for joining us, dude. I just got really confused. I had to mute the live show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should Whoa, there's lots of people talking. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. Um, let me tell you, I, I, 
Hi. Um, I was I was just sitting here, kind of holding myself, wondering why Smallville wasn't on right now, and uh, and then I saw the tweet that uh, I, I saw the big invite on on Twitter, and I appreciate it. I, I haven't been able to uh, come out, you know, so I, I <laughs> it's a great thing to do. So yeah, well, that was my my so, Michael here, my wingman. Uh, again, you yeah. all of you. Um, you probably know him for that video that he sent you guys tributing shoe. Yeah. I actually have not seen the video yet. Um, I'm in the dark as as to most of that, um, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. I I just basically sent my own videos in and my own contributions to their skits, I should say. <laughs> I don't want to give away too much. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited and, uh, to see what I, they do. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Oh, they put on a good show. I mean, it's just, it's its fabulous. I mean, Steric is just, they're, they're magic. <laughs> yes. They're magic. And, and you and you and um, you and Joe are wonderful, too. You guys, I mean, oh, I you. just, I love you. And, um, well, <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm married, you know, so, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, that's okay. Well, I can be your technical mistress. No. <laughs> no. No, wow. Whoa, whoa. It's getting a little saucy out here. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. I, I'm oh, flattered. Uh, <laughs> Back to uh, the OC. Yeah, yeah, I have the OC. <laughs> the OC. The yeah. OC collection. Well, uh, it's it's that you guys oh, that's on your right. yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, that cr I could wa I watched that like three times. I was like, he did not just crack yeah. up on that. That was too funny. That was too yeah. funny. I, it's it's really funny. I'm the kind of guy that if you invite me over to your house, I will immediately start looking at your DVDs. So when he, Damien went over by his DVDs, I was like, you got the whole OC. Well, I've never watched the OC, but <laughs> I was like, is that uh, the entire series over there, Damien? No. Well, well, it's his, well, he probably has quite a few. It's, it's kind of his job, but I mean, yeah. oh, D Damien's awesome too. Damien, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear a lot of Real Housewives talk on his Twitter, so yeah. yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was kind of sad Smallville wasn't on tonight either. But they replayed the um, the uh, finale yesterday. Yeah, um, on CW. So I thought that was pretty great. Uh, I tweeted that, and people were like, "Oh, really? Let me go over there." And so I, CW, the thing is, and again, I talk a lot. So if I just interrupt me, if you want to stop me, yeah, that's fine. Um, um, <laughs> they they don't really advertise very well. I mean, I'm like, you're playing it again. Tell people that you're playing it again. I was amazed at how many people didn't realize that they were playing the finale again. I'm like, advertise it. People will watch it. I think the sep I wrote it down. The second hour of the finale had three three point fourteen million people for some. You know, that's a pretty good number. Wow. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. So I was like, I, was, I think I found out about it. Well, actually, I, I knew about it, um, but I was kind of reminded on Twitter about it, like 15 minutes before the finale. I think CW Network, uh, the Twitter, tweeted about it, and I and I was kind of like, I was thinking to myself, who hasn't seen this by now? Yeah. <laughs> oh. You know, I immediately like downloaded the finale from iTunes, like the next day, and everything. You know, just to have it in like HD. Um, well, well, that's. Let me ask you this, Robin, since you're kind of have connections with people that are somewhat on the inside track. Do they, does the huh. CW kind of consider Smallville as their black sheep in the end? 
I uh, I don't think there's any official quotes, but it, it, it seems like it. It's weird. It's like yeah. it's been on the longest, I think, of any right. show, between, even, even back to the WB and the UPN and how that merged together. I think it's been on longer than any of those shows. Um, but yet, like it's you know, I don't know they, when they pushed it to uh, Friday, you know, a couple of years ago. It was, it's just it was just weird how they treated the show. It was like I don't know. It's, you could see a bit of respect for it from you know several people at at CW, um, but. I mean, I don't know any of those people personally. I mean, the only inside person I know is Damien. <laughs> so, but and he just works at TV Guide. Right. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like when listening to Shu that Derek has connections all over the place oh, yeah. that they're getting to read those scripts ahead of time and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was very happy because uh, he, does, he does have some connections. And when I was very happy when I joined up with Shu at the beginning of the season, um, Derek was like, well, I have the first episode. <laughs> and it was like, like a week before, I was like, uh, I know oh my God. I know I'm doing everything, but can I please watch it? He's like, yeah, let's all watch it together. So me and him and Joe got on Skype and watched it at the same time and had our minds blown. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Doesn't hurt to have friends on the inside. No, no, no. And I don't know. He must, he must have gotten, like, the screeners that any, like, TV critic gets or whatever, you know. Okay, it would be so hard for me to keep my mouth shut, though. The people. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were able to just go, saw it, it was awesome, and that was about it. That's all we could really say, you know. Yeah. I was able to also see Booster early, too, which was cool. Yeah, that had to be pretty sweet. Mm. Especially as a big Jeff Johns fan, I would be pumped about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Robin, what were your thoughts on finale? Um, hated it. it was no, no. <laughs> Get him up yes. there. Yes. <laughs> now that I'm not on show, I can tell you which, what I really think. No, uh, <laughs> no, I loved it. I loved it. Um, it, it was it it, it was uh, perfect. Uh, well, okay, it had it had some cracks, but. Doesn't Smallville always have those little cracks? It's kind of like adorable by now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, you know just, they have, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, they have these, have these, you know, the budgetary constraints, and sometimes they can't always get all the actors back that they want to use or whatever. I mean, I have no problem making fun of Zombie Luthor. Uh, <laughs> he really looked like I thought somebody. that was Tyler's father. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was it was very strange, but I mean, besides that, I know a lot of people are disappointed about the suit, not seeing him in the suit and everything full up close. But I've been worried about that for years, thinking, yeah. "Wow, when they finally put him in the suit, like, how are they going to sell that?" I mean, I know a lot of us diehard fans will be like, "Okay, that's awesome, no matter how weird it looks on him." I, you know, there's certain times when you see like. I, I can't say anything bad about the the movie versions of Superman because they always seem to sell it perfectly. But yeah. like the Lois and Clark uh, show, you know, you see him in the suit and you're like, kind of looks dorky. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was always worried that there that you know finally Tom was going to put on the suit and they were like everybody's going to be like, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and Tom has such a a swagger about him. Yeah. That you, you don't want to see him look lame at all. 
No, no, no. no. I mean, he's kind of the man, and it's like, you don't want to see him look lame. He is the man. Well, yeah. Well, you know, actually, until it was pointed out to me, I didn't even really notice it. I mean, maybe I'm just not... I was just so into the story to see the cape, to see him fly, to see him rip up in the shirt. I just... I, I, I didn't even think about it until it was really pointed out to me that he was never seen. And then I was like, oh, yeah. But that still... That didn't change how wonderful the story was. Exactly. And, and, you know, there's some people who that suit on... I mean, Christopher Reeve, every time I see a picture of him in that suit, it's, it's made for him. I mean, he's got yeah. those long oh, yeah. legs... He's got that. I mean, it's just. I mean, uh, there's. I don't think I've seen anybody look perfect in that suit besides him. To be honest with you, yeah. And that it's a tough act to follow. Um, Tom, in some of his interviews, has said he was terrified to put on that suit. I mean, for whatever. I mean, oh, I mean, I would be. I mean, as good as Tom is, as wonderful and built he is, that is that's a scary. Like I said earlier, it's it's an American icon. Uh, that symbol in that suit, and it's hard to look good in tights. It's hard, even for right. women. <laughs> you have, those tights are unforgiving. And I, I, I was just so into the story, I didn't even notice it until it was pointed out to me. So I, I, I didn't miss it. I thought the cape and the flying was fabulous. Well, the entire yeah. time, I was on the edge of my seat trying to get a good look at this <laughs> suit. I got so mad that they, did, they uh, cut the scene right when it was close up to Adam. So mad. Yeah. At the same time, it's funny. I expected it, so I wasn't too disappointed. I don't know how well they're going to cut these these pieces of film, but I know. I mean, you might have seen the video of uh, Derek and Steve watching the last like couple minutes. Yeah. Oh. Oh my gosh. Now we actually all, uh, including Joe, but I don't know. Joe said something about the video coming out damn and Damien didn't do it but we all recorded ourselves watching the last 10 minutes oh. of the, the show so uh, I don't know how they're going to cut it up or edit it together but uh, you'll you'll see I just basically had like a permagrant on I, I was just like uh huh uh huh yeah that's exactly <laughs> yes right exactly. Like somebody like trying to tune tune a guitar or a piano, and like finally the the right note is hit, and you're just kind of like, yep, absolutely, that is perfect G right there, or perfect S, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I love the little the little hints to you know it made it it made it even more magical. Just kind of seeing, I mean, I think my perfect my favorite shot is outside the plane window, like her oh, yeah. looking through the plane window. Uh, Lois looked at the play window and seeing him, and just that hint of cape flying behind him, and that, that look on his face of of complete happiness, like complete acceptance of his destiny, and like looking at her, like you know, you are, you are, we're, I, I, I'm, I'm so you know proud right now to be who I am, and I'm, I'm, I know how happy you are for me and stuff like that. It's just, it was, it was perfect. I, I just loved that, that one shot. It was just. Well, you didn't even <laughs> see his face. Like, couldn't you just, like, see the Tom Welling smile in that shot? Yeah, no, you saw his face up to the window, and then okay. you saw the cape behind him a little bit. Now, did, was there enough time to see him smile in that shot? Oh, yeah. No, up into the window? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you saw him. I'm so in awe of those moments that I keep missing little bits and pieces of that scene. Because <laughs> it's just so... Wow, this is amazing. And we've waited 
so long to see this. That, right. I mean, you know, we've seen it in the movies and stuff, but to see this version do it, I, there was just something that was very exciting to me about getting that opportunity. Yeah. Well, like you said before, he has that smile. He has that Superman-like yes. smile to him, so... Oh, yeah. you know, when he, he, he when, gave it to me while I was interviewing him at Comic Con, and I was I was flattered, floored, you know. Did you did you ever see the videos of yes. me interviewing? Oh my god, I was like shaking. <laughs> I don't blame you. And that was before I was a part of Shoe. Like Joe was doing Joe was doing interviews with Shoe. I was doing it for my other podcasts. But wow, <laughs> media junkyard, right? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now he's a he's a really big guy, isn't he, Tom Welling? Yeah, yeah, he was bigger than me. Okay, was that kind of nerve wracking a little bit for you there too? A little, um, uh, and 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 uh, you know, shaking his hand, you know, I was very very strong grip, you know. I, <laughs> I almost went down on my knee like Zod in Superman two. No. It's funny that 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 thing lasted like a good like half an hour of being in that room and and watching them and then having them go by and being able to talk to them. Um, But I swear it felt like like five minutes. I even got a nice like clap on the back by uh, uh, John Schneider during the interview when he was kind of telling me about what he says to Clark in the uh, the pilot, and I was just kind of looking at him like Papa. <laughs> I hope you never washed that shirt. Uh, no, I probably did. <laughs> I'm just jealous you got to meet him. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, I, it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm, oh. I'm it's such an experience. And then being able to talk to Al Mack at the New York Comic Con was, was pretty awesome, too. You know, for her series, Reese. Yeah, she didn't want to talk any small bill. Of course, I had to sit in a room and listen to this interviewer, like, totally not talk about her news thing and try to talk to her about Chloe Sullivan. So I tried to, you know, pay her respect and the rest of the cast respect by just talking about Reese exclusively. But I was still like, it's Chloe Sullivan! <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And you can brag all you want. Tell us all about it. I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for you that you got to meet those people. I wasn't. I'm not jealous of you. I was just teasing you. But no, that's great. That's great. I'm excited yeah. that you're here. I'm going to brag at people that I met you. So, yeah, it's fine. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to Twitter it. I'm going to Facebook it. I'm going to. Yeah. And I, the reason why I mentioned a media junkyard is I wanted to let no let people who might not know you um, about your website. It's mediajunkyard.com, right? Yep, that's right, and that's more okay. of a uh, color, colorful podcast uh, about, <laughs> about movies mm. and uh, uh, TV and video games and mm. tech stuff. And I have I co-host with you guys. It's, it's fun. Well, it's a you're, fun show. you're in good company here with what we're doing, so definitely. Cool. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Well, on the topic of Schneider uh, and, and everything John Schneider did in the episode, uh, just tug at my heartstrings. Whole way through, yeah. giving Clark the suits, him at the wedding. Um, I know Michael had the whole superhero DC universe explanation behind Jonathan's return, but I just kind of oh, like good. it being explained as what the heart chose to see. 
I thought ah, that worked really well with mm-hmm. the episode. I don't know what you guys thought of that one. It's funny, I've been asked before, like, you know, about, like, why was Jonathan Kent there? Like, yeah. did it stand out to you? I was like, no, he, he needed to be there. That's the only explanation I need. <laughs> you know, my, my, father, my father passed away, like, ten years ago, and I still, you know, see him now and again, you know, not, obviously, I don't, I don't see dead people, but, um, <laughs> I, I feel his presence, I feel him guiding me sometimes, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I feel that maybe Clark had the, the same kind of experience. Yeah, and I think that's something everyone can relate to, which is why I think they went that route with Jonathan coming in like he did. Yeah. Well, I, I like the whole theme that, because when Mar- Martha laid into Clark about selling the farm, I was a little surprised. I mean, she, I mean, she was like, what are you doing? You're moving on. I mean, the whole theme of the, of the series, or of epi- uh, season 10, excuse me, has been moving on. You know, you know, forgiving yourself for the past, forgiving others of the pa- for the past, and, and, you know, these things happen, but you can't let them define you except in a good way. And I think what happened is Clark went so far the other direction that he was starting to, yeah, and that's what Martha was saying to him. And I, it took me, I had to rewatch it to really get that and for Jonathan the graveyard scene which oh my gosh I mean I'm going to start crying if I get into that but um, (laughs) he was going so far the other direction that yes you move on you you learn from your mistakes but you don't forget them you don't you know they're still a part of who you are and I think uh, I liked what you wrote here Dan um, on that um, like you said Jonathan's return was explained as a, as the heart chooses to see instead of using a sci-fi explanation I read that and I thought that is so deep and so good and um, it was it was just Jonathan is very much a part of who Clark is I mean he taught him his morals he taught him um, you know that his powers could be used for good. He taught, he said, you have a choice. You can be mild-mannered or you could be the world's greatest hero. It's your choice. And, um, I mean, you're, you're right, Robin. Jonathan needed to be there. And yeah. um, I just loved it when he saw him at the wedding. Talking about Tom's smile, when his face lit up when he saw Jonathan, it was just, I mean, <laughs> they almost could have ended the series right there for me. I mean, it was just so beautiful. <laughs> and um, It's but, so funny, too, that that whole wedding scene, like, all season long, we've been, as it's been hinted to, and then finally, like, there's going to be a wedding. You know, all of us on shoe were just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> we want to see him put on the, the cape, and that's that's pretty much what we, we want to see. We want we all want to look up, but boy, that first hour it was just like we're just you know all of us collectively were reaching for our handkerchiefs. You know, <laughs> it was it was so good. I was like you guys listening to the I listened to the episode that Derek and Steve did for Prophecy, and I yeah. I was like I agree with these guys. This is not going to be. Good, they're going to focus on something they shouldn't focus on. I went on and on and on, and then when I watched it, I was just like, okay, I bet the shoe guys are like, totally like, thank God we were wrong on that one. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's funny, too. I, I, I love that uh, Derek and Steve got to do one last podcast on shoe by themselves. I was originally going to be a part of that, and then um, it turned out, like, scheduling-wise, I couldn't be on it. 
Um, but it's funny because Prophecy wasn't exactly one of my favorite episodes this season. Yeah, it so it turned, it turned out to be like, oh, you guys, go ahead. <laughs> Take care of that one. And luckily, they kind of turned, turned the episode around in my mind for me as I listened to them. Well, and, and Derek, I mean, no, Steve kind of scared me in that episode with the whole thing that mm. Terrence Stamp wasn't going to be in the episode, that he thought they were yeah. going to resolve that conflict. They're just like, Steve, you're giving me a heart attack here. This is really <laughs> frightening. No Jarrell? Yeah. No Jarrell in the last episode? Come on. But thank goodness it, it really happened. <laughs> I, at the end of the day, I just had to decide, I trust Brian Peterson and Kelly Souders that they're going to do this yep. right. And, and they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How awesome was it to hear um, Jarrell say Martha and Jonathan Kent? I don't know why, but yeah. just him saying their name, yeah. just recognizing what they did for him. Well, oh, I, I enjoyed even back and forth just the fact that, you know, not only Jarrell was acknowledging them, but they were also acknowledging Jarrell. At least, at least Jonathan was, you know. Yeah. Um, and gosh, yeah, one of the things that was uh, predicted was that Jarrell was gonna was actually uh, possessing Jonathan the, the entire season. I was going to shoot somebody in the back. <laughs> so I just thought that would be completely ridiculous. Yeah. Always hold but on luckily I didn't happen either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I love the whole thing with just the, the always hold on to Smallville and Jarrell acknowledging that and saying, you know, hey, guess what, you guys? It was worth you watching the show over the past 10 years because yeah. Clark wasn't blowing off his trials. You were watching them every week. I know, and it's funny. When when the fortress was finally built and stuff like that, like, every season we'd be like, all right, Clark, get up to the fortress and go stand in that thing that they did in Superman and do your trials and come flying out in the suit. You know, we're just waiting for it to happen. And then, you know, they had their own, they had their own spin on it. I like it this Cause, way better because it just seems more natural. I always thought it was weird as a kid watching Superman the movie. Don't get me wrong. I like it, but this yeah. idea that he floated in space for 30 years or 10 years or something to become Superman, mm-hmm. that was kind of... I was just like, this just seems too easy to me. You know, a hero's got to... Yeah, he's a completely together. different person, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I like that the fact that he knew Lewis, uh, Lois early. I mean, uh, talking about being... It was 12 years, I think, he was, you know, in the fortress, basically an igloo, you know, <laughs> figure you know being taught these lessons and then suddenly he's thrust back into civilization um and then he automatically falls in love with this lois lane who is really i mean she's um for clark kent was i mean i think um somebody on shoe said it she was really a force to be reckoned with and as as um the superman he would be attracted to her but but right away i mean automatically i mean just to be in love with her that kind of always threw me and i just i didn't quite buy it until the flying scene because i'm a girl and i like that kind of stuff but um i like that he got I mean, Lois and Clark in Smallville know everything about each other, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I I just, I mean, they've been married, I think, almost, (laughs) I mean, they actually went through their, um, when I watched them in the beginning, they went through their, um, oh, what was I thinking the other day? 
Well, no, not the vows, but in the beginning when they first met, they were, you know, snarky oh, okay. to each other. It's almost like they, they had their snarky error and then they fell in love. Whereas usually yeah. you fall in love and then you find out about each other and you're like, who is this person? And then you kind of get snarky with each other and you, you know, an old married couple is what I was thinking. It's like they had their old married couple status before they ever got married. and But they know everything about each other and it makes much more sense to me than just him going from uh, Antarctica to um, Metropolis and falling for this woman who, you know, who is she? A lot of people, when I was speaking about the Superman movie, like a lot of people don't really buy the fact that he falls for this really snarky, crass woman, like she's totally mean to him or whatever. But I always say that she's the first woman that uh, told him to look at her underwear. So, I mean, I That's buy it true. in there. <laughs> <laughs> Pink underwear. Yes. Well, and even with Smallville, I mean, Lois first but Clark, he was basically butt naked in season four. <laughs> That's so. true. <laughs> that did no, she liked that. Yeah, she, yeah. That was Any of the female audience like that? Yeah. <laughs> Look at his face. Look at his face. But if you notice, her eyes keep dropping down every time she says that. It was, it was a great scene. It was a great scene. Yeah, yeah. and they shared the shower. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, Lois is so great. I mean, no boundaries. No boundaries. I mean, she's this army brat who's probably, who, I mean, she's, she's not been taught these boundaries yet, really, because her father's basically left her on her own to raise herself. And so she walks into the shower. She's seen everything. I mean, doesn't bother her, you know. And Clark is just, he's like, who is this girl? <laughs> Yeah. Is this? Well, he was used to girls who mooned over him, kind of. I mean, Chloe and, you know, I mean, Lana, maybe not so much um, until, yeah. you know, the you know later years. But, I mean, this girl just was not impressed with him, it seemed anyways, to him in the beginning. Uh, but there was a lot of eye, eye candy stuff going on between yeah. the two in the beginning. They did that very well. Some. But again, the other thing, the difference, though, somewhat a little bit, between Lois and Chloe was, I think Lois being older kind of had an effect a little bit on things. Yeah. Lois oh, is Chloe she older? Oh, that, I guess she is, yeah. No, don't start that. Yeah. Lois and Chloe are the same person. Uh, hey, enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> don't start that. Not You'll make Rob leave. <laughs> Exhibit A. Well, hey, at least at least David needs to be here to go stone faced on you. No, I'll do it to myself. Don't worry. Don't worry. Because I'm going stone faced right now on you. Bad, bad, Michael. I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to put you in the back room and slap you. I do have to talk, though, about the barn scene, real quick, between Jonathan, Martha, and Clark. That to me was probably the main transition scene for the episode. Because at the beginning of the scene, Clark is at his weakest point, his lowest point. He doesn't know what to do, so he asks his father for help. And his father basically says, look, I can't help you anymore, neither can your mother. You need to go talk to Jor-El. And he does that. Yeah. And after that, it's his highest point. So really, I think that was the main turning point of the episode. I honestly cried. Dan, yes. you can testify. Bad tears, bad tears. Yes. <laughs> and I've watched the finale seven times since it aired, 
all the way through, and each time I still cry with that scene. <laughs> to be honest with you guys, I've only watched it the one time. <laughs> I downloaded it on on the iTunes store. I kind of uh, skipped ahead to the end just to kind of see it again. But I've actually been watching some uh, Superman animated series just because, you know, I'm now in the mood for some Superman. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it, honestly, uh, uh, it was very, very emotional to watch. And uh, I'm just kind of biding my time before broaching it again. I don't know. I don't know if I want to just to totally do a whole rewatch before watching it again or... I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it again in like a you know a few days or whatever. But it's been a week, so I'm kind of surprised. I have been pretty busy though. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the emotion of it, you know, you just it's. I I like you. I'm on a super bad high, but going back and watching the the finale, it's just there's too much emotion behind it that it's kind of taxing to watch. Not that I didn't like it, but it's almost like you have to work yourself up to watch it again because you know. How monumentous it is, and how that it's an ending of something that's been. Well, I did the same thing with. I did the same thing with Lost. Actually, I don't know if okay. you guys watched Lost, but like that was a, a very emotional uh, uh, end to a show, and I, I I don't think I watched it again till like midsummer. You know, just to kind of put it to bed. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha, yeah. definitely. It is very emotional, and that barn scene, you know, when they're out, when they're done, when he speeds away after he tells them thank you, and they go and they look out the barn, I mean, it's just a nice, I mean, that's the last time we see them, and I just remember Clark so many times going to that same spot and looking up at the stars and wondering where he was from. It was just a nice little ending for them to be looking out of that barn door up at Apocalypse. And seeing their son go off to save the world, basically, and um, they, you're, you know, Jonathan was right. He he couldn't help him with this. You know, he could he could he taught him right from wrong. But this was um, this was something that he needed his um, his uh, Kryptonian father for, and that was a step for Jonathan actually, because Jonathan and Jorel, for many years, were I mean yeah. they they vibed for. Con for who was the real dad of, of Clark. They both, I mean, Jarrell's a computer, but Jonathan loved Clark so much. Yeah. And he, um, he would do anything for him. And for Jonathan to say, I can't help you with this, even though he's a ghost, even though he's, um, yeah. you know, whatever you want to think of in your mind, that was a step for him too, I thought. So. It definitely, uh, it definitely is. Um, it definitely was, and I was just thinking to myself that maybe because he had passed away and his, this was his ghost coming back, that you know he had lost all those you know hateful feelings or whatever, and just wanted to be there for his son. But then, it, then I, all of a sudden, the flashing back to Lazarus, where. You know, he's like, he was basically telling Clark straight up, you can't trust Joel. You know, you just do what you think is best. But then again, maybe that was him. He still knew that Jarrell didn't mean him any harm, but didn't think maybe Clark needed to be, wasn't in that in the place for that yet or whatever. Maybe, I don't know. Do you think maybe if he gave Clark,
Clark a little bit more guidance, you know, in that scene. Um, uh, a little more of a push in the right direction that maybe the end of Lazarus wouldn't have been the way it was where the suit got locked down and, you know. What do you think? Oh, you mean in the... In the got, la- oh, sorry, go ahead. At the, at the end of oh, Lazarus, you know. At, at the end of Lazarus, I, well, he... I don't know if he really... I mean, he told Clark to prove um, Jonathan to prove Jor-El wrong, um, yeah. but I don't think it was meant so much. I think it was a push to, because Jor-El was saying that Clark wasn't ready yet. Well, Jonathan would say, prove him wrong, you know, you know, yeah. become who you need to be to prove him wrong, because he knew Clark could. Jonathan has always known that Clark has had it within himself to be this great person. He saw it in him. He he did everything he could to bring that out in him through example, through teaching, through just pure love for... That's the thing that always amazes me is how much he's always loved Clark. Um, and you know he, you know there 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 was animosity towards Jarrell. I mean he's you know that's his son and Jarrell. Yeah. Yeah, and that, but um, I, I don't think I don't think it was so much animosity as you know. Okay, well he said this, prove him wrong. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. And and okay. he because he because he did he did actually say he he confirmed for Clark that. Jarrell was right that a darkness was coming. He knew that. However, yeah. ghosts know that. <laughs> I think it's... I was going to say, I think it's a, it's a good cop, bad cop kind of thing. I think Jonathan's the good cop, yeah. and Jarrell's the bad cop when it came to <laughs> raising Clark. There you go. There you go. Uh, I mean, yeah. There you go. That's just the best way to say it, because Jonathan came across as much more loving than Jarrell, but again, Jarrell's kind of a computer program. To a certain extent, if you think about yeah. that as well. Well, that was revealed and abandoned. Yes. But, I mean, the, the computer is going to be cold, of course. Because it's the computer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. But he, I like that he said that, he told Clark that he was honored. That he finally accepted his yeah. Kryptonian heritage. It was, it was, he was, he was of his blood and that's where he got his superpowers, but it was because of all of his experiences and all the people he knew and good or bad and through Martha and Jonathan that made him the hero that he decided to become. So, so I love Jonathan. Love, love Jonathan. So (laughs) what's next? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said just his voice makes him nice and kind of warm and fuzzy feeling for you. <laughs> but anyway, what, what is next? We're going to talk about Lex real quick and everyone's thoughts on that. Because I know that's a big topic with everybody. Greatest criminal <laughs> of our time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lex, I love the line after Clark says his name when Lex says, you still say it the same way, with astonishment mixed with a hint of dread, yet with a hopeful finish. That was a great line. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Tom Hasaway, he says people's names, which just, I mean, he, when he says Lois's name, it's amazing. It was a great scene. I mean, I won't go on because, I, you know, I want you guys to say, you know, but it was, it was so good to see him back. It was, I, I was really excited. Well, you know, the great thing about Michael Rosenbaum is he just came in and it felt like he never left. Right. 
I mean, how he delivered that scene, it was just, I mean, I, I, I did not feel like he left or he was rusty or anything like that. It's just, he just could flip a switch and there he was, Lex Luthor, the smart, conniving guy. Uh, the only thing is, I thought, I would have liked it if he quoted a bit more. I loved it how he used to quote from history or I think it was the art of war. Oh, yeah. He yeah. used a lot and stuff like that. I wanted one more of those little quotes would have been pretty cool. It's like Alexander the Great said, blah 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 blah. <laughs> no, I was uh, I, I was I was very very happy to see him uh, there. Uh, oh my gosh, I wasn't the hugest fan of uh, the way uh, his character has been dealt with since Arctic. Yes, but. I was glad at least he was there, whether he was Frankenstein or not. <laughs> um, and the confidence, you know, that he, that he exuded, the the fact that, he, you know, he's just, he, he wasn't doubting himself anymore. He was, he's, he is, I'm freaking Lex Luthor, you know, th yeah. this is exactly who I am, you know, and, and you're, you're, you're on your way to being who you are and I will meet you out in the field, buddy. You know, yes. <laughs> it, it was, it was great. It was great. It was like two great generals sitting down and, and, you know, talking, you know, some strategy out before backing away and going, okay, all right. So there's the rules. We're, we're all set. You take care of dark side and I'll be right here. You know, I'll be waiting. And I like how he did that to give us just this little glimpse that, hey, maybe they could be buddies again. And yeah. he just slammed the hammer down. That was great. Mm -hmm. The last line that he said um, when he put his hand on Clark's shoulders, Clark said, I'm not sure Clark Kent can save the world. And Michael put it, or uh, um, Lex put his hand on his shoulder and said, No, Clark can't, but I know. But, or, but I know who can. I'm not saying it quite right. I'm not sure. Uh, that kind of confused me. I mean, I guess maybe he just knew. It, it was like Lionel said. Everybody seems to. Be, I'm the only one who seems to believe in Clark. <laughs> no, I guess he knew what Clark could do, even though Clark was doubting himself at that moment. It, it was it, that kind. That that line threw me a little bit, but. Um, Every time I rewatch it, had a glimpse of the future or something, you know. Yeah, it was. It was, and and Clark pulls back. He was. Right. It almost. Yeah. It was. It was. I, I think that um, Lionel. Well, the thing about Lionel and Lex is they are men who crave power and they seek it yeah. and they know and they they um, recognize it and they know it's in Clark. That's. I think that's why they were so drawn to him for so many years. Is he's got this power and he's not using it. Why? They just didn't get it. Mm. And so maybe he just recognized that in him even more than Clark did. That was, I don't know. That's, I was wondering what you guys thought. That's a good way to, to put it, that they're just like, you know, he can do all these things. Why isn't he using it for this? And it's almost like they want to have control over it. You know, like they almost want to direct Clark in the way that he is using his power to the full extent. Like, almost like right. with Lex letting him stop Darkseid, it was almost like he was pushing Clark towards using all that power. Well, Lex really wanted him to become Superman. 
He really, he, yeah. I mean, that was basically the whole point of that scene. He's like, I want you to go beat this guy down so that I can have my shot with you and so I can try and kill you because we're yeah. done. And True. this is, our story hasn't even been written yet. It's starting now. Okay. Yeah, I don't want you to be distracted at all. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> now, does that... Um, but reason... yeah, the... Go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. Go ahead no, that's Rob. okay. No, I'm going to go off on a different topic, so... Oh, well, I, just to go back on the whole, like, him not having, you know, not... This Lionel Alex, um wondering why he doesn't use his power. I mean, that I think that... that Harkens back to the classic, you know, Lex Luthor hating Superman. You know, the the, the fact that why does he have all this power? This this person who clearly doesn't know what he's doing with it, who clearly doesn't have my mind and uh, you know my whatever connection to my power. You know, the what I could do with with that. You know, and and just the fact that this you know alien existing on 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 this planet and not being you know anything that he can control himself enough you know he can't pay pay this guy off he can't do anything it, it, it just goes back to it really sets up the whole hatred that Lex Luthor has for Superman it's, it was I think that that whole scene was perfect <laughs> well and then there's that Tess and Lex scene yeah well that was my question about that does all this have to be established again now that Lex's memory is erased? That's a, that's a, that's a foggy point for me. Yeah. Uh, that's where I, I I'm, you know, that, that I, apparently that was set up in memoria. I need to like go back and watch that again. I remember the episode, but I don't remember them being like this transmute transferable substance that you just kind of wipe on somebody's face. And all of a sudden they're, you know, they get, they yeah. get their mind wiped. I, I, I would have, I would have liked it a lot better if somehow, um, Lex, uh, I mean, somehow maybe Tess, uh, made a deal with, this is how I would, if Tess made a deal with Granny Goodness, like, here's my soul, but here's the one thing you need to do for me. You need to wipe this madman's mind of my friend's secret. Leave everything else there. Just get rid of that. You know, I, yeah. I think I would have bought that a little more than some spunk on his face and he forgets what. I mean, we went through, like, this gigantic flashback of, like, everything huge in Lex's life that happened on, on Smallville. So I was like, does he not remember that? Does that mean we don't remember that? Because, quite honestly, that's why he's Lex Luthor. He needs to have that memory of killing Lionel because that was yeah. such a turning point for his character. But also, I mean, ahead, it's Lex Luthor, so you really would think that he wouldn't just leave his memories. He'd go back and try and find them like he did in Season 3. I mean, in Season 3, he only, he only lost, what, seven weeks of his life? And he was yeah. so determined to get those memories back. I mean, he's lost his whole life now. So he's going to go uh, to great expense. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't exactly clear exactly what, what he lost. I, I guess we're led to believe that at least he lost the knowledge that Clark Kent is Superman, I, I guess. Yeah. But I, it's just this, this, this substance. 
out of nowhere is a little harder to swallow than maybe someone like a, a character that's already established, Granny Goodness, to come in there and just be like, take that right out. Right. Here, uh, Tess, I have Tess's soul. Please kill Tess now. <laughs> right. Well, I, I also feel like that they were kind of stuck having to make it end up that way because I, I don't think they intended the show to go for 10 seasons. I don't think they were ever thinking that they would have to go a couple years without Rose and Bob. They're, I mean, that just comes from the length of having the show go on for that long, and I think that Brian and Kelly and everyone involved did the best they could under the circumstances to right. tie up that story arc. Because they took over in season eight, right? That was when they yes. took over. So they were kind of left with this, you know, Lex is buried under ice. We don't have Michael Rosenbaum back. What do we do now? <laughs> you know? Right. And some people may take so. that as Alan Miles trying to screw them over. I don't think that was the case at all. It's just they were kind of stuck. They didn't know what to do. Plus, they re- recovered from a writer's strike. Yeah. I mean, it's just a difficult situation they were under. And I think and they all this, they could. Go ahead. All, all this circus around Michael. I mean, I'll admit I was a part of it. On How can you not be? Demanding that, <laughs> demanding that the man come back and be Lex Luthor one more time. Um, I honestly felt really bad for him in the end, you know? Like, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he really was going to be made to look like a complete jerk if he didn't come back. You know, he, had, he thought, I'm done with this job, you know, and I'm, I'm moving on with my career, you know. Whatever it may have turned out to be afterwards, you know, it's totally up to, you know, his own success. But that doesn't mean, like, we should all, like, go, oh, what you doing now, Michael? Come on. Whatever. Be Lex Luthor. That's, that's what you're best at, you know. I just kind of felt bad how that all turned out, you know, and that he was literally forced to work the finale. And thankfully, he didn't seem at all bitter about it, at least publicly. No, <laughs> so. I, I really think it was Tom Welling kept saying, you can't have a Superman without a Lex Luthor. So mm-hmm. I think he was already buttering him up to come back, yeah. at least in some capacity. And I, as far as yeah. Michael Rosenbaum and I are concerned, the fact that he gave us those two scenes that he did, that's fine with me. There's no hard feelings. And I personally yeah. enjoy watching him on his new show, Breaking In, if you want to check it out. Love it. I haven't quite caught up. I just watched the, the Goonies episode tonight. And yeah, me too. I know the whole putting him in a Superman shirt was a setup so he'd look like Sloth at the end. Yeah. But, oh, my God, it was awesome seeing him in a Superman shirt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's a good fan. He's in a Superman shirt. Oh. Robin, did you uh, read the Beeman post about um, the uh, his filming the finale, the second half? Did you read that by chance? No, I haven't. Well, uh, speaking of Rosenbaum, apparently during the Lex Luthor um, presidential scene, he was up against a green background, and he kept, um, you know, he's in this white suit and a black glove, and he's doing uh, comic routines. And I want to see that in the video, in the CD. <laughs> they come out with. He, My God, will you please give us our bloopers already. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yes. I know. Oh, Somebody I don't know why they're about starting a campaign for that. <laughs> I don't know if the Twitter campaign is going to affect them either way. <laughs> yeah. 
but I don't know. I think Michael's of the personality. He has fun wherever he goes. He's just that kind of person, it seems like. Yeah, well, he did an interview on Attack of the Show advertising finale, and it was hilarious. Oh, great. And then, I mean, it just the whole crowd was cheering him on. It was so much fun. So it was really great stuff. But, yeah, with with us digressing here, I kind of want to get to the next segment of the podcast, which I, I'm really interested to hear both Robin and, and your response to that, to it, Elisa Lee. And basically, since this is the Superman live show, we want to talk about kind of going back a little bit to the things that got us interested in Superman and or watching Smallville. So I know, Elisa Lee, if you want to start things off with how you kind of got interested in Smallville, I got on board with watching the show. We'd love to hear that. And then, Robert, why don't we jump to you and we'll hear your thoughts on that because I definitely want to hear that. Okay. Well, um, I first watched the Superman movies when I was about eight. I was in Singapore, and uh, my mom took me to the movies and just fell in love with Christopher Reeve and fell in love with the character. And when I came back to the States, um, we when we got the videos, um, I watched them so much, I actually broke the play button on the old video replayer. We had to use the screwdriver to to uh, keep the play button down. My dad was so mad. He was like, uh, what happened? And I was like, I don't know, Dad, you know. Yeah. But I just loved it so much. I um, And I guess years went by, and I kind of grew out of it a little bit. And then Smallville happens. And I was like, oh, I'm, I was really excited about it. And it, it was an awesome pilot. And I wasn't real thrilled with the Lana stuff, but the Jonathan and the um, Clark stuff, when he tells Clark about how they found him, that is the best scene in Smallville, I think, or one of them. I mean, it's the top ten. You know, G-Dad is my spaceship in the attic. Actually, it's in the storm cellar. I mean, I just, that's my, uh, that line, John just delivers it. And I just fell in love with the series. Um, And and it's not that I didn't like Lana. I just knew it wasn't going to, I knew he wasn't going to end up with her. So why am I going to invest mostly in that? relationship she was sweet um but um it was the family dynamic that i really really liked because i knew that everything that happened in that house was who superman was going to be and it was interesting to see that he did make mistakes and that he wasn't perfect in the beginning i mean even who he is now isn't and um then christopher reeve came on and um i kind of watched you know i kind of I didn't go away from Smallville, but I just kind of went on and off with it for a while. And I would catch episodes and scenes and things. And then when Christopher Reeve was going to come on, when um, Rosetta came on, and I get emotional about this, so sorry. But when when he's, it, it just, I mean, and I was shocked by this. When he sends Clark the message from a friend, I burst into tears. Oh, I was yeah. so shocked at myself. I just, I did not expect to do that. And I thought, oh my god i had forgotten what this was all about and that you know you know superheroes you know i mean there are superheroes that are firemen and policemen who you know have families they go home to every day to 
they need that and Superman's really no different and that's what this brought to me um, you know I went from that story story eyed little girl who just looked up to Superman and Christopher Reeve and how wonderful he was to realizing he was a person with feelings and emotions and who had needs too and if they're not filled then it's hard he can't be Superman he he's uh, but anyways like I said, that was very emotional for me. And then when he came back in Legacy, which I think was the last thing Christopher Reeve did, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. oh it's. I mean, there's been better episodes, but as far as what's close to my heart, that's my favorite episode. Um, anytime, first of all, you have a Lionel and um, um, Jonathan fight scene, can't beat it. I mean, that's yeah. that's just yeah. But Christopher Reeve. Gosh darn it, the man cannot move, but he, he could act. I just couldn't, I mean, he had an agenda. I'm sorry, I'm, I know I'm going on, but yes. Christopher Reeve really got me back into Smallville and really brought it to my heart. And uh, then Lois Lane came on, who, uh, Erica Durant is my Lois Lane. She plays her feisty, but with a heart which um, Margot Kidder was great too, but like I said, we got to know her in this series, and we got to faults, good, bad, and um, so she is somebody who's clear, near and dear to my heart, and she cares for, she's a caring person on the show. It was just entertaining. It was um, very, the glimpses you would get of Superman and Clark throughout the years. It just, it, it it moved me. It was a good show, and I'm going to miss it. So that's kind of my story there. Yeah, that's that's great to hear, Elisa Lee. I love that you're so passionate about it. I, I love that you're yeah, a superman and what he stands for. And that's why I totally wanted to give you the floor on that, because, I mean, that's a great point to say, and I'm glad we've got your Christopher Reeve perspective on Superman in this. That's oh. a great thing to have with this show. So thank oh, you for sharing you. that with us. Oh, no problem. Go for it, Robin. Uh, yeah, can you okay. follow that up? <laughs> I don't know if I could follow that. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been the opening act. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, as a kid, I, I was a huge Super Friends fan. Yes. You know, even even Zanjana and, uh, and Gleek, I, I loved them. You know, <laughs> love watching the, the shows. Um, but... Um, one of the most magical movies besides like Star Wars that I, I ever experienced as a child was Superman in the movie. Like, and to this day, like it's my favorite superhero film. Like, I don't care how great the effects get and whatever. What's this? You know, even you know, Dark Knight. I I know it's 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 well shot and yeah. and has some great drama in it. But Superman the movie will always always be my favorite superhero movie just because it's just perfect and it's magical and like every scene just i don't know it's maybe it's that 70s uh thing uh the way they made movies back then um but and just the performances of you know like christopher reed margot kidder jackie cooper mark mcclure all them they're just they're just like pot it was it's great um and of course gene happened um and and then you know Superman two I love that as well I, I I remember even and 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 you'd catch these movies on um, ABC like Sunday nights they'd show them 
you know, here here and then it was like an ABC special presentation. There would be like Superman carrying Richard Pryor, you know, <laughs> through the air or whatever. Um, um, I remember. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I, I I I started to probably distance myself from Superman, you know, as I became an uh, older teenager. Um, and you know they had they had shows on like like Superboy, which I, I don't think I even watched an episode of. I was kind of like, all right, whatever. I'm, I'm reading X Men right now. You know, I'm rebellious. He's yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, um, like, Superman's not that hip. You know, uh, he's, he's boring. You know, yeah, Spider Man's got the wisecracks. You know, and and Wolverine's the badass. You know, but Superman, ah oh, man, whatever. I remember watching him as a kid. You know, but I I still love the movie. But whatever. Um, and then, like, Lois and Clark came out, and that was another one where I was like, I think I caught the pilot, and I was like, oh, well, schmaltzy, uh, really bad effects, not into it at all. Um, and then in uh, 2001, um, my cat meowed. Uh, hi. Uh, <laughs> the podcast over here. Um, <laughs> I saw uh, the pilot of Smallville, and um, I remember really, really enjoying it. Um, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was, I, I thought it like reeked of like the the WB teen drama thing. Yeah. And so I was a little put off by the whole, you know, like, oh, he's fawning over Lana or whatever. Almost like the same thing you were talking about, Lisa. Um so the second episode happened, Metamorphosis, and that's where I was like, "Yeah, I'm done." Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was just like, "All right, I've watched the X Files, and this looks like the X Files with Superman." And it's funny because you know Mark Snow does the music on both, so that didn't help. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know; I was just kind of put off by it, whatever, uh, and. Uh, um, and, and, and I'd hear about the show now and then, you know, as the years went on. And it wasn't until uh, in, until the uh, summer between season five and six that I actually picked it up. And um, I know, crazy, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, but, like, I'd hear, like, different things were, would happen on the show. I'd hear about them, and I'd like, oh, I should start watching that show again. Why am I not watching that show? Um, you know, like Christopher Reeve guesting or whatever, you know, and 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 other things like that, uh, or like a certain, like like The Flash showing up, you know. Was, oh, that, sounds, that sounds cool. That's a good episode. Does he stay on the show? No? Uh, all right. Well, then, yeah, I don't know. I already missed it, you know. So, <laughs> so, in the summer between um, season five and season six, I heard that Lex Luthor was possessed by Zod, and Metropolis was like falling into darkness, and it was like this huge apocalypse. And I was like, "All right, all right, where where are the DVDs? I'm, I'm going to catch up with the show." And and I did. I I totally sat down and watched season one through five that summer uh, within probably like. Two two or three weeks at the most, mm-hmm. um, and then started watching religiously as the, the show began with Zod. And funny enough, that's when she started, and that's when I got my first iPod, and that's when I first 
I, I was like, all right, I'm really into this show now. Um, you know, I was I was part of fandoms like Buffy and the X Files in the, in the past. You know, and I'd go onto like forums and stuff like that and chat about it with you know like AOL groups or whatever back <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Um, well, there's these new things called podcasts. Like I, I I have this new iPod. I should try. I mean, they're free. I think you know to listen to. <laughs> so I look. What's that? I said it's like I'll figure this out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I looked up Smallville, and uh, yeah, there was Shu, and that was like one of the first podcasts I'd ever listened to, and uh, it's just been this incredible journey ever since, you know, becoming like a huge fan of Smallville, and like really getting like into it, and re-watching the seasons over and over, um, and, uh, and then like to culminate it all, to become a, a co-host on Shu, uh, it, it's just been this incredible. I will never ever forget the whole experience that I've had because of Smallville and 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 Starkville's House of Bell, you know. So, yeah, that, that's my story. I just have to say, <laughs> it's a good story. It is a great story, and the thing of it is, you know, they they always talk about how Superman is kind of the light to show the way. Or his whole thing is taking something, or taking life and, yeah. and making it better, like Hawkman said at the end of Shield, which is the episode that you actually reviewed. But really, Shu is yeah. the example of that. I mean, think of just what Derek and Steve have done, and how it's made your life better, and it's made Joe's life better, and it's made all the people on the internet's life better. And again, I wasn't personally part of your show, but it got me interested in podcasting and starting my show, and uh, you know, forming. The friendship I've made with Elisa Lee this past year and Michael, who's with me, and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's just it's a cool thing. So you should, you know, take that. It's funny. I just, I just, yeah, <laughs> I just recently Derek and I were like chatting online, and we both like logged into the old shoe forums, <laughs> and I totally found like the first like direct message he sent me on the forums, and I was like, dude, when you sent me this message, and it was just something like. Like somebody was annoying me on the on uh, in the forums, and I was like, "This guy is a real jerk," you know. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you give it to him or whatever," you know. And, uh, and I was like, "Oh no, Derek, message me," you know? <laughs> but you know. <laughs> but I mean, I I really didn't say too much like about Superman as a like a character. Um, like I'm a dad, you know, yeah. and there's you can't really use. I mean. You can't really use, like, Wolverine as an example of, like, a hero to, exactly. you know, a child. Like, like yeah, it's awesome in X-Men 2 when he's, like, gutting people with his claws and going crazy and stuff. But, like, you can't point to Wolverine and be like, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a person that stands for all the morals I want to I teach you. You know, it's, it's totally Superman. Um, unfortunately, as a result, because my daughter is now a teenager... She prefers Batman. But, you know, I'm sure she'll outgrow it, and, uh, you know. <laughs> well, let's not. Let's hope oh. not. Love that. Like, <laughs> Michael. Like, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like the Teenage Rebellion thing, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, Dad, I'm not a Superman fan anymore. I'm a Batman fan. <laughs> well, <laughs> as we'll talk about my story, uh, Smallville is kind of what got me out of that phase. So this is what turned me around going back to 
Superman as the iconic hero. But first, Michael, do you want to talk about your experience? I know this goes as far back as ours, no offense. No, it doesn't. I'm... He's a baby. He's a... Or <laughs> Michael. Fifteen. Fifteen, but... Alright. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for it. Um, well... My first experience with Superman was definitely in Superman the Animated Series. And I believe the only reason I saw it was because Batman was in that episode. Because I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always been a Batman fan, so he's he's kind of my hero. He's kind of always been my hero. But I saw Superman. I thought, okay, he's kind of cool. Then I saw just started watching Justice League, the animated series, and then Unlimited later. And then I kind of realized he's a little too powerful, and I didn't really like that. And I know that's common argument among comic people or people on the internet, but. That, I mean, that's really what I thought, and I was thinking this at, what, six or seven years old. So, back in 2006, this was obviously during season six of Smallville, Justice airs, and like a few weeks later or something, Dan, I'm at his house, Yeah. and he goes, Michael, you need to watch this. You need to watch this episode of Smallville. You love the Justice League. This is the Justice League. You'll love this. I go, okay, what is it? He goes, it's basically Superman before he's Superman, but they have all these Justice League characters on here. There's Green Arrow, there's The Flash, there's Cyborg from Teen Titans, there's Aquaman. I go, oh, okay, that's not... It makes no sense, just watch it. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of where it got to, yes. Yeah, and he pressured me, he pressured me. Where's Batman? I, I don't, don't forget about Batman. <laughs> We can't afford Batman. Just watch. <laughs> well, I, I kind of felt cheated because I didn't get Batman. Oh, well. So he's like, just watch. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll watch it. I watch it. I'm like, oh, my oh my gosh, this is amazing. I love this. So then he shows me the episode of Martian Manhunter, and I'm totally getting into this. I'm like, oh, my gosh, DC heroes all the time. This is so cool. And then I decide I want to watch the show. So, of course, I get the season six DVD and watch it. Then I go through the whole show. And, I, I mean, I really fell in love with the show. And I really got to know Superman a lot better. And I really realized that he isn't as powerful as we all think he is. I mean, he is. But at the same time, he has weaknesses. He has faults. He is everything just like we do. And he's really... A person just like we are. I mean, Chloe said in the finale, he's not God. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of how it went for me. And then the finale was very, like as I said earlier, but very touching to me because of these reasons. And I'm still waiting for a Superman-Batman team-up movie, but Smallville pretty much covered that, I guess, in the green. No, that'll, that'll happen when... Uh... <laughs> That'll happen when uh, zombies take over the earth and Will Smith is left alone. Yeah. Or when Nolan's gone, but either one works. <laughs> oh, you know what? Well, Nolan doing both, he's got to do one. Please. Please. We'll send money. <laughs> he won't. He won't. He hates Batman. He just likes to make it all real world. But let's move on. Okay. You're just bent out of the shape that Adam Knight didn't turn out to be Batman. Yeah, kind of. 
I didn't realize people were hoping for that. When you sent me the notes, I was like, really? I didn't know that. Well, he plays a vampire now. That's kind of close to Batman. Well, that was the original story. He was going to be Batman, but then they had to change it because right. Batman Begins coming out. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, one of the worst problems with, with comic books in Hollywood is that there's this perception that people will get confused if two people play the same character in different properties. It boggles my mind. How, how It's just like, you know, we hear these rumors about a Justice League movie happening. Well, we got to wait for Batman to wrap up. And all, all the Superman movies coming out soon. And Green Lantern's coming out. And we can't even use those actors to be in this movie. We, so we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to confuse people by putting this out alongside... But no, 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 really, honestly, nobody will be confused. Um, they might do a little comparison, like, this person's a better Superman than that person, or whatever. But I, I'm okay with you putting out more than one uh, uh, superhero movie in a, in a year, or whatever, like, with the same character played by different people. Oh, it would be awesome. Away from Warner Brothers is what they need to do. Oh, that's not going to happen. Yeah. If DC can get away from Warner Brothers, everything will be fine. Yeah, but they need the movie studio award, but that's that's we're gonna get on that whole debate. So I, I'm gonna say my piece about Superman. Yes. And then we're gonna move on to the next part. Basically for me, I was I've loved superheroes probably since I was five years old and my mom took me to a toy store at this outlet mall we had in the town I lived in that bought me a Batman and Joker action figure. So I was into it. Like Michael, I started with Batman. Uh, I wasn't as biased as him when it comes to Batman. But I was always kind of that kid in the back of the room complaining about how Superman was just too powerful that no one could connect or see themselves in him because he was too much of a squeaky clean Boy Scout for any real person to aspire to be like him. They kind of on this whim one day... I was this cocky teenager, and I read an article on IGN.com that got me to watch a little show on the WB Network to get a last laugh as kind of a naive film geek that Superman was out as a franchise, and it was just, it's going to be Spider-Man from here on out, because that movie was coming out, everyone was hyped that, I was just like, Superman's not going to work, and I'm going to get the last laugh on this. But I never did get that last laugh, because meeting a young Clark Kent on a TV show called Smallville gave me a little piece of advice I was reminded of recently by a girl named Chloe. That Superman is not God. He's a man who needs the same things as everybody else. So basically when it comes down to it, seeing Clark Kent kind of transition from a teenager to the greatest hero the world has ever known, facing the same trials that we've had in our own lives, such as kind of pining for the girl we cannot have, losing a loved one, making the wrong choice of friends, and just simply growing up is the greatest gift that Smallville as a TV series has given myself, and I hope all of us over the past 10 years, because it showed us that really anyone is capable of being Superman. I mean, to a certain extent, the kid I was before Smallville came into my life was right in the sense that we'll never be as powerful as Superman, you know, with the ability to fly, run around at super speed, or shoot heat vision. But as soon as Jor-El in the series finale said to Clark that his parents and his time in Smallville made him a hero, it really made things crystal clear to me 
that we are really all capable of becoming Superman by just simply living our lives to the best of our ability. And for me personally, that trickled down into my experience with reading Superman comics, watching the movies and other incarnations of the character on television, to the point that Superman has now become one of the superheroes that I can most relate to, through Smallo giving me the understanding that what makes Superman so compelling is not his superpowers, but taking the life that he has been giving and trying to make it better, which is a superpower that I think we are all capable of possessing. So in other words, even though I can say that I was one of the rare people that got to physically grow up to Clark Kent, thanks to a TV series lasting 10 years, I have to believe that no matter which age I would have come into the show, my life would still be better by having Smallville in it. And kind of to show how it's made a difference in yours, we're going to start together, all of us, going through kind of the observations we've made about watching Smallville over the years. And I kind of want to start this off by just going up, just mentioning probably four of my initial reactions when starting watching the show, and kind of all of us discussing it. And first off, I was just kind of amazed this show, having an imperfect teenage Clark Kent, a fiery Jonathan Kent and this Lex Luthor, that seemed like a really cool guy. And I loved how when the show started, that people started referring to Superman as Clark, and, you know, Lex Luthor as Lex, like we knew them personally. <laughs> and another thing from the beginning, I just couldn't get enough of the show's soundtrack. Again, I was a teenager at the time, so maybe I was more open to the things that the WB was marketing to me, but it got me into some of my favorite bands that I had at the time. Now, I've kind of outgrown some of them, but at the time, it was very relevant to me. But again, the show was marketed to my generation. So, uh, my wife and I's wedding song, Everything. Nice. <laughs> oh, my God, he's playing right now. <laughs> no wonder I just instinctively thought that. Oh, my God. That's great. That's great. So... Sing it, Michael. Sing it. You're everything. Everything. You're all I want. Yes. It's a lovely singing voice. It is one of my favorite songs. It, it's a it's great the song. the only singing voice that rivals Steve Glosson. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Give it up for Michael. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a tradition at this point. But I, I do kind of, at least and, and Robin, I want to hear your response. What do you think about that whole concept of us beginning to refer to Superman as Clark and Lex Luthor as Lex like we do them personally? I, um, I, I definitely, um, I didn't think of it as much about Lex, but it was funny just to hear, like, people referring to, like, like not saying Superman on the show about Superman, you know, or... or you know, maybe saying it kind of wittily here and there, but just hearing the name Clark all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it is funny. It, it is very funny. I don't, I don't know how much I can offer to that, but yeah, you're right. Well, as for me, I mean, the only Clark we ever really have seen in the comics and in the movies is the bumbling Clark, you know, the older Clark, where with the glasses and, you know, he's kind of having to hide his, as Lois said, his greatness, his, you know, who he is inside. Um, although there's a part of him that that's, you know, 
Clark that's a little bit naive, a little bit, you know, um, that's kind of who he is. But um, to see him as a younger person, to see him as a teenager growing up, and to hear him called Clark all the time, I mean, Superman, he didn't know what that was. I mean, if somebody called him that, he wouldn't know who that is. It's, it's more of a title than a name when you think about it. Yeah. It's, it's like General Lane, you know, he's a general. He's, well, Clark is a Superman, and so that's what they call him. It's um, and but he wasn't a Superman in Smallville. He was Clark. He was Jonathan and Martha, uh, Martha's son. Who um, I think Jonathan or John Snyder once said he was kind of like a um, uh, a special needs child. I mean, he he may have had all these powers, but he was confused about them. You know, what yeah. should he? He was um, someone who didn't know where he was from and what could he do and he had these things that were telling him he was supposed to rule and he didn't want to rule that wasn't who he was and right. and um clark hearing him called clark made him more relatable just like you said dan i mean yeah. the in your in your words there it made superman relatable to see him grow up because by the time we see him in, in Metropolis, he's, you know, he, he's Superman, and he pretends to be Clark, you know, to hide it. Well, in Smallville, he's Clark, and, you know, Superman doesn't mean anything to him. And it, it was really interesting to see that and to see how that developed his character. Yeah. I, I really like what your response to that, Elisa Lee. And especially talking about him having the difficulty of understanding his powers or needing... You know, special support, like if he was a special needs person. Um, mm -hmm. I really like that philosophy. Yeah. Um, pulling back the curtain a little bit about myself, that is me personally. I have a physical disability. Yeah. And so for me, I could totally relate to Clark in those moments. And this was something that the show really inspired me about. And watching him go through that, I could really relate to him on that level because that was my situation. So it was inspiring to have a character like that to watch every uh, TV every week because it really helped inspire me personally, which was just possible about the show. Yeah, because, you know, it's he's he can't live like a normal kid. Right. You know, he's got this secret about him, these extra things that he's got to hide about himself or, or you know, or, or this... This, this bit of him that's screaming out to, to be let out of the cage now and then, uh, like when he wanted to do it, to, you know, be a football player. Um, yeah, I can, I can totally see that. That's, that's really interesting. Well, and, and who do you trust? I mean, right. yeah, who can you trust? Um, you know, Lex, for years, um, tried to get him to reveal his, quote, secret. Well, Jonathan knew that he couldn't be trusted and Clark came to knew he couldn't be trusted and um, and yet he wanted to help him but you know Lex was almost um, what is that it's OCD I mean he had to know all the he just had this obsessive need to control and to know everything and so I think it was basically because he was so abused by his dad that he felt like if he, he knew had all the information and if he knew how to control things that he wouldn't feel that pain, which, you know, basically as an evil guy now, he's, he's, he's kind of got that. And you now he can't control Superman, which is what enrages him. But, but, um, he, he, he felt like Clark should tell him not so much because they were friends, but because he felt like he could, have something over him and Clark eventually realized that I mean 
And that was just, I mean, who do you trust? you got people who will hurt your family. And, you know, he can't be his real self. Like you said, like you said, Robin, he's, he's, there's this lion that's just aching to get out. And, and you know, he can't be his true self. And, and that's always a painful situation to be in for anybody. Right. Yeah. And that really kind of goes into one of the next points I was going to make is, in the beginning, based on the secrets concept, I was really opposed to Chloe at the beginning with her trying to figure out Clark's secret and the whole wall of weird that her prying into what was going on and then her kind of teaming up with Lionel at the end of season two, beginning of season three. Yeah. Like, I was really opposed to her character and was just kind of frustrated that, you know, she had this thing for him, but at the same time it seemed like she was going to stab him in the back and that her not getting with Clark was going to drive her into stabbing him in the back. And I liked her character a lot more when I understood her motivation of what she was doing. Um, Chloe, a little bit in the beginning. Now I love Chloe. She's one of my favorite characters, but yeah. it's interesting to be hearing the perception of the beginning. No, I, I definitely loved her in the beginning until, <laughs> until she started the whole... I mean, you know, that, that, that part of the show where everybody's falling for Clark... It is is kind of painful. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel ya. But it's so uh, easy to do. I mean, uh, okay. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, he's trying his best to, to you know stay on top of keeping this secret on top of like you know people trying to figure him out, figure him out. But um, I really liked um, Chloe trying to. You know, track down the secret, or try to figure figure this figure Clark out, or whatever, or you know, figure out what this wall of weirds is all about. Like, what what is the the thing that they all have in common? The the, the meteor rock, you know, what that's all about, or whatever. I, I you know, and and this is probably fuels the fire of the uh, the Clovis. The Clovis fan. Don't, <laughs> uh, don't, don't but, hurt yeah. yourself when you say that yeah, now. Right. So, <laughs> but, I always feel like we need an, 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 you know, somebody who has medical experience when we say that. It's just, it just hurts <laughs> to hear it. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you, you needed that. I think I think Alan Miles wanted to have that Lois Lane character in the beginning, but they knew that they couldn't put Lois Lane in high school with, with uh, Clark. So they wanted to have the same thing that they have with Lana, like the the high school version of of like a future character, you know, and and it's almost like if you put if you put Chloe and Lana, you know, in the early years together, you you would see like why he would fall for Lois in the future, you know. Well, what was the episode? Was it in season seven where he said that like he liked Lois, but he was keeping. Um, Lana and Chloe in the back pocket or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, when did he that. say that? When did he say that? It was no? the episode. Is that Red K when he said that? Anyway. Yeah, it was the Red K. Oh. It was a Red K episode. It was the one where Lana found out because Lex whacked Clark with the crowbar. Oh, that was Crimson. Crimson. It was Crimson. Crimson. Yes. Uh, I love that episode. Oh, episode. I don't remember. I, I don't, you know what? I, I've, I've seen parts of that episode. I have to go back and watch it again. I'm such a Clovis fan, so I don't know why I don't that, remember that. That's Yeah, that's a big Clark and Lois episode. Oh, uh, the jump. The jump. Uh, yeah. To the tower. Oh, yeah. And the, the White Snake uh, mixtape. 
Tattoo, yeah. The almost tattoo. I yeah. wanted that tattoo to be real, dude. I got this for you. Well, that was a that was definitely an episode that started as almost like a groaner, but yet like a like a all right, all right. Let's just kind of fantasize them together, even though they're both acting wacky or whatever. Like, oh, we finally have Clark and Lois together for an episode, and then devolved into the most like like harshest, cruelest uh, Clark ever, and just oh. breaking. Lana into little bits and pieces and you almost feel terrible for Lex even in the end and then you know the bent crowbar in the end oh my god that was definitely one of my favorite episodes sorry (laughs) well I think it's one of those things like you said the lion comes out when he gets on that red K I mean all those I mean he's free to be I mean not that he's evil like that but all the things that he's wanted to say or you know all those feelings that have been hurt and everything that's been held back he suddenly can let it out and you know (laughs) even though the Clark we know know that's wrong um, you know I mean we've all said well Maybe some have said some things under alcohol influence we shouldn't, but <laughs> that's kind of what that's like. No, not me. <laughs> oh, that's right, Michael, you're too young. Yeah, yeah I understand that, yeah. But, but that's kind of, yeah, I remember that, yeah. I've, um, but um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, so, Robin. So the plot oh, I was, of, I was done. I was going to say, so the plot line of Crib said is that Clark went to um, Lex and Lana's was it rehearsal dinner or engagement party? Yeah, it was rehearsal yeah. dinner. Rehearsal dinner just had a little too much to drink. And yeah. even Martha's there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, she was. Oh, I've got to get that out. I haven't watched that in years. Well, there's some way, there's some, there, that was the only way that would make sense for Clark to be stopped mm-hmm. when he was on the, the Red K. That's true, that's true. So you know, Smallville... Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. You know, Smallville, one of the things that they do, and they do really well, is they give you what you want, but not really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Crimson was that episode where we got Clark and, and, and Lois, but we didn't. Yeah. Um, collateral, we got them flying, but we didn't. They, they, they do that so well. They give you what you want, but it's, it's oh, not really. I, I don't know how else to say it, but uh, Smallville is really good. We got the suit, but not completely. They always give you such a great surprise on those episodes yeah. that aren't going to be very good. You know, one that I moaned and groaned about when it was coming on was Stiletto. <laughs> and then I loved that episode. Yeah. Paul Booth was amazing at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was- yeah. Oh, and, and the, um, um, was it Icon uh, with the twins? Yes. Uh, I don't. Idol, thank you, thank you. With I the know. twins, I, you know, when I heard the that the that the um, the twins were coming, like I was like, you got to be kidding me! And that was an awesome episode and such a good moment where Clark got to be have a Superman moment where oh, he talked yeah. what being a hero really was. And Chloe was great in that. And you know, welcome to Watchtower. If you tell anybody about it, we're shutting you down. <laughs> so <laughs> you you know, she's, we never she, saw them ever again. That's course, true. <laughs> that was that was another uh, debate I had with uh, the shoe guys about. Um, gosh, I'm so sorry, Dan. We got totally off topic. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. But let me, the, the 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 one debate I had was, uh, you know how he, you know how like uh, Clark it is, he, you know Lois is about to fall off the building. And she's just like, you know, let me go, whatever. I know, you know, it's okay. You know, I don't want your secret to be given away, and and. Uh, all of a sudden, the the whole place is filled with smoke because of Zan. Yeah, and uh, she falls into the smoke, 
and then we get this close-up shot of hands underneath her lowering to the ground and it's Clark's hands obviously but and then he gets to go he went, comes, gets to come back as Clark basically and like oh what happened um I, I've debated over and over again whether or not that was actually it was I know the hands in the end were Clark's but I, I always assumed that Zan was the reason why she was lowered to the ground so easily you know so I don't know that's Whatever. what I'm going with it was Marshall yeah. it was teamwork yeah yeah that way everybody's happy. <laughs> I remember just getting into an argument. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't with the shoe guys. Maybe it was somebody on the forums or whatever or, or in the on the website. It was just like, no, he just caught her. You know, well, I'm surprised you didn't provided get, a smoke screen. I'm surprised you didn't get a hit with a bunch of comic book technical uh, guard in there because <laughs> yeah. Michael Bailey guest starred on that episode of Shoe. All right. Yeah. I know he's the very technical comic book guy. I listen to his podcast. Professor, yes. Um, from Crisis to Crisis, they're very technical on that show. So wait, Elisa <laughs> Lee, you weren't excited about Idol? I was pumped. Oh, I just—I don't know. I mean, I wasn't—I I, maybe it wasn't that I was just not expecting much of it. I was—I was thinking it was going to focus on the twins. And as much as you know, I don't mind other characters on the show, but when it takes away from Clark, it bothers me a yeah. little bit. And I was afraid it was going to be all about them, but it wasn't. They really did it well. They—they they used them as a vehicle to show how Clark was becoming more Superman-ish and how people, he's inspiring people and they may be misguided people, but you know, he's inspiring people and these, the actors were great. I forget their names. Like, I don't think I can even pronounce the girl's name, but they were great. Um, the effects one was were from great. Seventh Heaven and one was from uh, Warehouse 13. I can't remember yeah. either of their names, but <laughs> and don't worry. Steve couldn't pronounce the, the one actress's <laughs> name. Yeah. Her on the phone, so. uh, yeah, she was she was really sweet, yeah. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, and but I, I just I like that it was in support of Clark's character, and that it, it just it was beautifully shot. It was great effects. Yeah. It was a good story. And, and there I, are plenty I guess, episodes that are that were like that that people were like, oh gosh, here we go, and even all the way up to Booster. And by, by the time Booster came around, I was like, guys, it's going to be a great episode. I, yeah. <laughs> what, okay. What do you, uh, Jeff Johns wrote it, and Clark, uh, Clark, she's Don Wally's directing it, and it's going to be Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. I mean, you think they're just going to have Booster Gold and Blue Beetle be the main stars of the show, and we won't see any Clark? See, Come I was on. worried about Booster. I actually got worried about that, because that's Final Five, and that's dangerous to mess with. Yeah. That's why uh, I was so flabbergasted with Legacy, and that I was kind of disappointed with that yeah. episode. Which one? Uh, Legacy. I'm beginning to appreciate it more mm-hmm. like after I've thought about it and after I've watched Finale. But that mm-hmm. initial reaction was not pretty for me. Uh, you know, there's prophecy. a lot of episodes prophecy, like that. Prophecy, not Legacy, Prophecy. Oh, uh, I was going to say. There's so many episodes <laughs> yeah. that end with a Y that I get them all confused. <laughs> oh, the worst, part of, the worst part of Prophecy was like it ended with, oh. you know, Lois saying, I'm not going to marry you. And you're like, Dude, I saw the CW pictures. You're totally going to marry him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or at least you're going to attempt to. Come on. Come on, Lois. Don't you have the CW site? Never mind. <laughs> I don't know if any of you watched Chuck, but that was the worst thing for me. The, the second to the last episode before the finale was uh, Sarah, the girlfriend, getting zapped by this gun. And it looked like she was going to die. Mm-hmm. And the next clip they show in the preview is them having the wedding. 
And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, you had to show that in the in the preview for the season finale? Like, you could have yeah. kept me in the dark a little more. I gave up on Chuck at the beginning of the season. I was like, all right, this is enough. That's enough. You can't woo me back with Sarah Connor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had enough, but go ahead. <laughs> we talk about uh, on my podcast, Across the Airwaves, we, uh, we're talking about it's a show that has way too many endings. <laughs> because I kept thinking they were going to get canceled. But yes. when do you get back to Smallville here? Because this is a show about Smallville. Oh. A show about relationships. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, the way, one of the things that I loved about Smallville was just that hype to the season finale. Those last two or three episodes. Uh, really, some of the ones that really built up for me was Tempest. Commencement was a big one with that second meteor shower coming. And the Batman right, right. Begins preview. Yes. Which I know Michael was psyched for. Yes. And the, the promo for that one's so awesome. Because they're like, it's a 90-minute Smallville event. Great. <laughs> Smallville, Batman Begins. And that was where the WB used to advertise Smallville, and they used to do an awesome job. That awesome voice guy. And then, of course... On a fresh new Smallville. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, there was, you know, Bizarro showing up. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Yep. That fight scene in the season seven premiere was awesome. Yeah, incredible. Well, let me ask you, was there an episode that you were really hyped up for to watch? That small comes to your mind? Out of all of them? <laughs> well, I'll just name a few. Finale. Well, finale, uh, of course. Yeah, finale. <laughs> Homecoming. Homecoming was, uh, Homecoming, was good. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Salvation. Salvation was awesome. Salvation. Salvation made me, I mean, that was a long summer. That was the longest summer I've ever had. Yeah, I would say, I, well, you know, getting back to how I got into Smallville, like, I was really, you know, after working, like, spending, like, three weeks going through, like, every episode and in quite a quote-unquote blur, uh, <laughs> uh, just to be, like, have that, have that finale. That was actually my first, like, real, like, season finale um, when, like, everything's going to hell. And... Lex is standing on the top of that building with Lana, um, possessed by Zod. I was all ready for the next <laughs> episode, yes. and I, I still had like I think a couple months or a month off until it happened. But isn't that an amazing shot at the end of that episode? Oh, the way this it, guy is, oh, yeah, love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the Terrence stamp. The um... Oh well, you're, that's the next step. I'm sorry, I'm I'm messing up the episodes there. I'm sorry, but I loved Zod when they when he held the crystal and he came out of lag. So that's what oh. I was thinking. I'm sorry, I'm, I got off topic there. But um, yeah, the, those episodes were awesome with the Phantom Zone and uh, the Zod. And anytime you have Mythos involved, it's always fun. I don't know why that's such a good thing, but it just it just it ties one generation to the next, I guess, is what it does. And it's just, it, it's great. And I can't wait to see what they do because Smallville is in Mythos now. And I'm sure there's going to be episodes or series later on that's going to refer back to Smallville. And it'll be interesting to see yeah, what they do. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say a lot of uh, the, um, the Veritas stuff, as bad as the writer strike had an effect on season seven, I was really getting into how a lot of these things were coming together. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, completing Lex's story, you know, and knowing that, you know, the death of Lionel is coming soon, and you know as soon as that happens that Lex is going to become Lex. And, uh, like, further on down the line in Season 7, as I, I, I remember freaking out when I saw a promo for, I think it was, it was Apocalypse, right? Where uh, he has the glasses on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, what? <laughs> What's that all about, you know? I, I was very psyched uh, about that. Oh, Tom and glasses. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm imagining uh, Lois doing the glasses motion at Homecoming. Uh, so I love yeah, that. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh, I was hoping. Well, I was hoping she would actually do it at the end of um, um, finale, but you can't yeah. have everything. Can't have it all. Okay. So, like the steroid was, was good. Hmm? What was really great was the fact that you know at the end of season seven. You know, and they had this like, like a lot of stuff was really grinding, yeah. like, like uh. it's like a twisting the knife, and it's finally you're like, okay, at the end of this season, Kristen Kirk's gonna be gone, Michael Rosenbaum's gonna be gone. And you're like, where's this show going from here? Yeah, uh, I'm yes, I'm glad of getting rid of this. We're getting rid of this Lana storyline, and we can finally move on towards towards Lois. But where the heck are we going from? We're losing the show's creators. Uh, I I was. Personally scared, and um, man, when season eight got going, you know, after like first meeting, you know, Tess Mercer and yeah. all the Justice League kind of stuff going on, and yeah. how things were happening more in Metropolis. Uh, man, it was like it was like a like they just kind of like we're done with that chapter, and we're on to this next chapter, and and even the way some of the stuff was filmed, it just looked yeah. different. You know, there was more blue instead of the red, you know, in the city. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but uh, I really liked the, the way the, you know, it, the page turned in, in the show. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, that's this. This is when the show really becomes a good show, you know, but I, I still appreciate all the journey that came before it. Well, Robin, were you disappointed with the Doomsday fight then? Yeah, yeah, I was, because they really, I mean, episode upon episode of Doomsday murdering people, and I really appreciated Sam Whitworth's performance, he was great, and how twisted, like, Chloe's loyalties were getting because of it, because it was as if she was, you know, as if she was protecting another person with a secret, and she, she was a very loyal person, but, like, was worried that, you know, the only way to get rid of him was to kill him or send him to the Phantom Zone. And she knew there was a good person in there. Uh, at least she thought there was. <laughs> yeah. Um, all I have to say to that is Beast. Beast is probably one of my favorite episodes of the series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, it was great. The Doomsday. Yeah, the fight sucked. <laughs> but we had, we, man. They they really uh, they they kind of put that in the in the background of this episode. To really you remember is Jimmy discovering Superman, Jimmy discovering Clark is, is is the blur. Excuse me, and the death of Jimmy and Clark walking away from Chloe is just like like your heart's like broken at the end. It, you totally forget that. Yeah, they kind of cheated on the fight. <laughs> you know, anytime that happens, I always think budget. Yeah. Budget. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I usually forget them. From what I heard. 
from Doomsday. Oh, did they? There was a lot more I wanted to do. At least that's at least what I thought Derek and Steve said on Shoe. Well, well, I'm sure there's a lot they wanted to do. It's just having that dinero. But um, the thing, the thing about season eight that I really, um, I mean, that was a season I watched on and off to. I mean, I watched it and I, 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 you know you know, knew what was going on and everything. Um, season nine was the first series that I actually watched. Just, I mean, I had to be there every Friday night to see it. Um, it's always, it's my, still my favorite um, season is season nine. But um, the thing that I'll, I got out of season um, eight, um, I mean, I, there was a lot, but I guess where I'm going with this is Tess. A lot of people didn't like that. They, they were like, she's the female Lex, and what is she doing here? And um, The thing about Tess, and uh, Beeman wrote about this in his uh, blog post, is that there are moments in Smallville where there are pauses where you see what somebody is truly thinking and Tess to me even though she was conniving and pretty evil there were moments where I saw vulnerability in her and I I saw a person that Clark probably was going to try and save I don't know why I thought that um, because you know he wanted to save Lex too I mean he's he, he wants to see good in everybody but I just love Cassidy Freeman I mean yeah. I mean, yeah. from the first moment she was on screen, she was a little weird with Lois at first. Right. I was like, okay, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, the cat things, yeah. Uh, yeah, she, but she, she used sexuality as a weapon because that's what she, that's what she knew yeah. how to use. I mean, she could kick butt too, but she, um, I, just, I don't know, there was just something about her that um, she wanted to save the world. It was, you know, one of the things about her that amazed, that really brought to my mind, it seemed like everybody on this show wanted to save the world except Clark. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that Clark wouldn't do it if he, you know, it's not that he didn't have a good heart, it's just he wanted normal life. Everybody else wanted to be a hero. He just wanted to help people. He wasn't really looking to be a hero, even though people were trying to push him that way. But she, she had, I don't know, I just, I loved Cassidy Freeman from the beginning. I just I I was so glad that they kept her on. And yeah, you could you could definitely see that she wasn't all just you know an an evil you know shady person to begin with. I mean, from from the look that she gives Clark when she's when he's when he's carrying her away from the bus wreckage and yeah. plastique, um, the whole conversation in 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 turbulence in the airplane, and I think it was the same episode where she comes to the to the barn and talks with him and almost like, like, I don't know, she... I thought, was that, was that Injustice? Was that in, Injustice? I think it's the, the end of Injustice just before they set up the Doomsday Arc. Is that when she calls him Kal-El? Yes. Oh, and he, he's that, like, what? Yeah, because that's when she tells him that he's got to basically kill Doomsday. I think. Yeah. I, I just thought it was earlier. Um... But but there was definitely a scene in the barn um, before in Injustice. But I think earlier on in the season, like when she was just trying, you know, telling trying to tell Clark, like I know your secret, or you know, and you're not willing to admit it, but I'm here for you. And you know what what a change in Tess's character, just like just like Lex, so like you know, like Clark almost had like a second chance to take a chance and trust somebody, and and. He didn't, and then Tess kind of went down this mm-hmm. road with 
Zod in the next season, you know? (laughs) Well, she's, I mean, she was in in a way like Lex. She was an abused person. And to her, for security, power meant security. And um, she saw in Clark a lot of power that um, maybe could have been used for that. And so when Zod came, here's another powerful man. Um, although they beat the crud out of her. Holy cow, that first yeah. episode, I'm like, holy crud. Yeah. But, she, you know, she, um, and then she, it turned out she let him do it to get information, but um, she was a tough broad. She was somebody who was used to taking the knuckles and the, the bumps in life. And, and to her, I think, like Lex, she thought gaining power would get her security. But in the end, Clark, Clark, you know, changed her mind, and it's not power, it's, 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 it's like you said, you know, it may be easier to hate, but it's stronger to love, and, um, you know, she, she realized that, I think, in the end, she, she did, because, you know, I don't think she had a romantic love for Clark, she loved him, and as a friend, and so she, she did what she could to help him. I think she was open to the possibility, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like Luthor's, you know, putting the Mac down on her. She's like oh, a little God. more than enjoying it. Yeah. She <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that dress he put her in. I was like, I was expecting. I was. Oh, well, I better not say. <laughs> I was like, you moved the wrong way, girlfriend. Careful. Just, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. The the, uh, the Smallville uh, auction. I saw a picture tweeted. Of some girl holding up that dress next to her, like, like, hey, I have the, uh, I was like, wow, I don't know, that's not your dress. <laughs> yeah. That goes in the yeah. Smithsonian, put that in the Smithsonian. I'm sure that's yeah. where a lot of that stuff will go, is to some museum somewhere, a Superman museum. Well, they kept a lot of the, the, the props and everything. Yeah, a lot of them but, in storage. But the costumes, Except for like, that piece of the elevator. <laughs> yeah. Well, Derek's got a bunch of shirts and... One of Jonathan's jackets. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, well, Tom got a pencil. Did you see that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I saw that one. I bet he got something else, but I bet he got more than that. But. I, I hope he walked away with the Clark jacket, the red one. Uh, He's got to have those things hanging all over his apartment. <laughs> yeah, I'd just go there and have a field day. Yeah. Like pack, putting something away in like you know storage, and I oh, there's another jacket I left here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you never know. Like Cassidy Freeman could be listening to this live show right now, sitting in the Luther Mansion bathtub. <laughs> oh, glass of champagne. Yeah, glass of champagne, strawberries, and chocolate. Absolutely, that's where I would be if I could afford it. Yeah, that well, was a good scene. Well, you know. Anyway. You gotta, <laughs> The other thing is, speaking of Cassidy Freeman, you've got to give her credit for perseverance as an actress. Mm. Coming into this show, after it's been on for eight years, she was getting dogged pretty much for being this replacement Lex Luthor. I mm. knew people that were kind of against the character. And she, I really think she persevered through it all to give us a really great performance with her character that really didn't have a place in the comic books or anywhere before she was brought into this show. So you got to give her props for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I, I really thought that, um, like, at least in the, uh, you know, the shoe community, I didn't really go into any of the other, you know, Smallville communities to see what their reactions were, but it really only took, like, one or two episodes for everybody to go, you know what? Yeah. It's Cassidy Freeman's pretty awesome. <laughs> 
Well, I do. It's pretty I really, hot. I really, and that, that helped. <laughs> I really feel for Allison Mack and some of these actors that came into this show as characters that didn't have an existence in the comics. And <laughs> yeah. the fact that they were, they did such a great job that people were so welcoming to them. That really stands, says a lot to say about them as actors as well. Mm. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, you know, speak, you know, and in Cassidy, the, uh, in the, um, I mean, if you want to go on, just let me know. But um, the thing that I, I haven't heard anybody talk about in the in the finale was what happened between her and um, her dad, Lionel. I mean, what a creepy scenes those were. I was like, dude, stop touching her. Oh, I was just like, oh, my God. I don't think any of us really wanted to get too deep on what the heck that oh, was all about. Oh, my God. I mean, I'll, I'll be quick. But I was, I mean, the thing about Cassidy, and this is a tribute to her, is she looked like a little lost girl. I just wanted to hug her so much because she wanted to be loved so much. And here's this creepy guy who's her dad and he's going to take her heart out and, and not even give her anesthesia, it looks like. It or looked like. Yeah. It just... And I, I love that she didn't just lie down and take it. She, in the end, she, she said, you know what? She, she kicked butt, you know? She... Yeah. Um, but when he was basically harassing her, I mean, I just... Cassidy looked so vulnerable in those moments. I was like, oh, I, I was so glad when she shot Lionel. I was so glad. And I'm me. not. <laughs> yeah, you should have heard Michael's reaction. He was oh. just like, whoa. Like, it, yeah. it was flooring. Hold the presses. <laughs> well, you know, we really talk, we talked about that during our finale show. It was like, I, I, I really think that. Like Tess Mercer is like the tragic figure of that whole finale. Like everybody seems to be working together and and is being helped out by Clark, except for Tess, who is just out of Clark's reach, you know, um, to save, and then ends up, you know, on the floor in, in a Luther Corp, excuse me, Lex Corp office. Lex. Uh, <laughs> Getting, she did get her last laugh, though. That was that was really cool, you know. She, yeah, yeah. She, she did get her final. She killed Lionel, and she and she ensured that you know Clark's secret won't be revealed. I almost feel like, and I don't. I know they didn't have time for it, but I wish they would have got we got a chance to see Clark and kind of Oliver acknowledge her sacrifice. Yeah, because that scene at Pandora. Where Tess is killed, um, mm. and Oliver's reaction to that—that like, yeah. that was such a powerful moment. It would have been interesting to get some of that, but that—that that would actually turn into a whole other episode. And he doesn't have time for that. Ah, uh, oh my gosh! There's another. There's another moment during Smallville that was really, really captured me. Was that whole Lois prophecy dream and how that worked through that oh, yeah. first part of the season? Just trying to figure out where how how that was you know, like, going to end up, you know. Oh, the Pandora? Yeah. Yeah, and, that know, was... how it ended up in Pandora, yeah. Yeah, I like stuff like that. It keeps you coming back, and, you know, uh, they tied that up. Uh, I like yeah. that they tied it up so well. Well, it reminded me of that Supernatural episode in Season 5 where Dean goes to the future and he kind of sees what the world will become if he doesn't stop the apocalypse. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of, personally. Well, both of those writers work in Vancouver, so... Near each other, so they probably talk. Sharing notes. Drink the same water. Notes, yeah. Use the same actors, you know. <laughs> things like that. Okay.
What's next? Go for it. Well, I wanted to talk about thirst. some of the, the no, <laughs> no thirst, no, no thirst, no thirst, no noir. Yeah, yeah. I like noir. Clark was hot. No, we're not. We're not going there. I I want to okay. talk about. We had a lot of appearances from characters throughout the DC universe. Um, anyone have favorite moments? Favorite characters that they enjoyed seeing show up? Zod Dominion. Oh, that was very awesome. Yeah, I was very excited for that episode. Yeah, mm. Callum Blue. Well, it was both Zods too, which yeah. made it even more menacing. And he actually changed his little acting skill there. Cause he didn't act like Major Zod; he acted like General Zod. Yeah, yeah. He definitely changed his well, face, facial appearance, definitely, but his uh, personality a lot too for it. Oh, he was he? Yeah, because you know you could almost see. Major Zod is like this tragic figure for the the first part of season nine, you know, losing his entire um, city and his home and, you know, and realizing you're a clone and why is, why can't I have powers? What's going on with this? You know, and uh, Jarrell screwed me. <laughs> this, you know, General, General Zod, you know, he has all the memories of being one of the people that brought the destruction of Krypton. You know. As yeah. well as the memories of losing everything and realizing he was a clone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he had... <laughs> I loved his new teeth. I loved his new teeth. Every time he <laughs> smiled, I was like expecting him to turn to the camera and say, and tonight's Smallville is brought to you by Crest. He, I don't know. And then Bad he joke, shows right? up and like throws a holds the crest up and smiles himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah, was he, he, you chew eat some stride gum. Yeah, stride gum. <laughs> <laughs> did, you guys, you know I, I, did you guys see the, uh, I, I was doing the uh, photo photo cards or whatever for the alphabet of Smallville A to Z. Oh, I did love you, those. Did you see the one I did for Pete? I, I laughed yes. my ass off when I did <laughs> That it was, was just totally Pete thinking about all different, all the different trademarks that have shown up in the show. <laughs> oh my gosh! He was like the ad campaign manager. Hilarious! <laughs> what a disappointment that episode was, though. Uh, that was an episode I was looking forward to. I was like, "Oh, Pete's back!" <laughs> no, it's bad. Hey, One Republic. <laughs> yeah, that's what oh. got me into that band. Oh yeah, that's right. That was yeah. the of that episode. And I and I choose dried gum now. Yeah. So his his advertising works. Absolutely. Well, from a how would how would we from a hero standpoint, what was did you guys have a favorite appearance of someone? Um, that that flash episode was pretty epic, especially the race at the end. That was great. Harken back to run. Sorry, that flash episode. Uh, (laughs) it's great callback to the the. Flash and Superman races that they'd have in the future, you know. And I just watched Speed Demons too with Superman the Animated Series, and I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's too bad it's not Rosenbaum doing the Flash in that upside though. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love him as the Flash on Justice League. Oh yeah, yeah. He's whole. Oh my gosh. You know what? The first 
appearance of Green Arrow in, was it in Arrow? Was that what it was called? It was in Sneeze. Sneeze. Oh, was it? Well, that was Oliver's first appearance. Green Arrow oh, was, was in it? Arrow. Yeah, in Arrow. Okay, yeah. I love that episode. When they first meet, it's so, I mean, I, I, I know he was the answer to Bruce Wayne that they could not get, but it was so Bruce Wayne and Superman, where, you know, um, Green Arrow is doing these things that he thinks is right, and um, Clark is not having any of it. Right. And there's you've got two alpha males. Alpha males? Two, two right? awful males? What? <laughs> alpha males. <laughs> alpha males. Sexist. Hope that's referring to Michael. No. You have two strong men. to me. Oh, yeah. Two strong men who are, you. you know, you know who's in charge, and, and they're going to butt heads. It's going to be the way it is between guys like that. But at the same time, they're the best allies. They're, they know they can depend on each other in the end. But well, I, I don't know. I just fine. liked the chemistry of that between them. I, I just I wanted it to be Bruce Wayne so bad. But, you know, I love Justin. He's a good guy, and he's a good actor. So yeah. it, it works out. It works out. World's finest. Yeah. Mm. Well, the best part of Justin, other than the fact that through some connections, I did get a autographed picture of him, which addresses the Green Arrow, which is pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> beyond that, um, just it was amazing how much that character exploded on that yeah. show and became so popular. I mean, there's so many people that are really hardcore into Green Arrow now because of the show, uh, Justin's performance, and just how much the Green Arrow blew up on that show. Oh, and just a really cool thing. Too. Yeah, so it was kind of at the same time it was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was very cool. But there was something in the water for Green Arrow going on <laughs> over there at w, WB. Part of them in both of their shows. But Justin really just was awesome on the show. And it's too bad Aquaman didn't work out because that would have been awesome too. That was a great pilot. And that's uh, going to be included in the box set, actually. Yeah, yes. I know. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. Now, were you guys. Just- Go ahead, Brown. Oh, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Liar. I was going was- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all so passionate. Yes. Well, I was going to say, who was pumped for Aqua when that came out? Season 5, Smallville. See, I watched a DVD. I can't tell you. Yeah, same here. Uh, I was like, oh, Aquaman's in this one. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was definitely happy seeing Lois come out of the water. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Then, sorry, I'm being, I'm being an awful male that. again. That's okay. Oh, wait, I That's all right. Tell. My girlfriend. That's okay. I love it when Clark was um, in his swim trunks and swimming out. <laughs> I love seeing the guys in their trunks, so don't worry about it. Yeah. But, well, and then you got to see her come out of the water in every opening sequence of the series. From that Thanks. point on, for a little while. Editors. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I really enjoyed Mira. Oh, oh, I was fixing to figure out who, uh, that was Aquaman's wife, right? Aquaman's yes. wife, yes. Oh, yeah. I very much enjoyed her. Um, my girlfriend's going to be listening to this, though, so I can't talk too much about that. Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead. But funny story. Funny story, we got Michael into trouble. Yeah, they got me into show. trouble during the last live show because of that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was actually pretty funny. But by the way, while we're on this topic, because I totally forgot, Dan, when we started, Yeah. I have to wish Sarah a happy birthday on air. Okay. So, oh, she's done listening by now. 
She's not listening now, but she will be soon. So. She's going to listen to the recording, so. Yeah. So, Sarah, happy birthday. Love you. And, yeah, Mira time. Let's finish that discussion. Yeah. Wow, wow you really, uh... <laughs> Good job that, with that one. <laughs> the, <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, Marsh Manhunter and, Hawk, and uh, Hawkman are probably my favorite DC heroes that have been on the show. Yeah. Because there wasn't really that much of an adult setting as much after Season 7 when Glover was killed off. Or when Lionel was yeah. killed off. Yeah. And Marsh Manhunter and the premiere... And then Hawkman and Absolute Justice, and then obviously in S.H.I.E.L.D. and Icarus. I mean, it very much took that effect, like the wise man character, as you guys have been saying on Chew. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And well, then how awesome was that to see a full on green Martian man topter in Absolute Justice? Oh, very cool. <laughs> I was hoping that would be the start of something, but I guess not. No. <laughs> In fact, was that the last time we saw him? I, uh, no, we saw him in Salvation. The Salvation, okay. He had the funeral in Icarus, but that wasn't Phil Morris. Right, right. I would have liked to have seen more of him. I really would have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they you know, when, uh, too much money on uh, Hawkman diving out of a building, which was, really oh, fire, which was awesome. Yeah. You know, in prophecy, when um, Star uh, Girl, or is that her name, Star Girl? Yes. Right, Courtney. When she said she and the Martian Manhunter were working together, I was like, I want a Star Girl Martian Manhunter series. <laughs> I want something. Cool. No, I well, want you know. Uh, he Star Girl is created by the was created by the chief executive officer of entertainment for DC Comics, so that yeah. may could happen. Which is Jeff Johns, by the way. I think uh, yeah, I think she was actually um, his sister was killed, Jeff Johns, and she right. was uh, an honor. Star Girl was an honor of her, which I, I always thought was really sweet. So yeah, yeah so it's a tragic okay. story too, but I'm glad he made the best out of it. Following yeah, Superman was awesome. So, okay. Hey, hey, it's not with the breaking in, Michael. We need to do an episode of my podcast about breaking in. Yes, we do. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Unless that's going to stay media junkyard's thunder there. What? No, we never like stay on one topic for very long. So okay. Yeah, I listened to your, I listened to your Superman Four live show, Robin. <laughs> I was there. That was hilarious. I I loved how, you know, basically at the beginning it was like a trivia tournament and. Like we we said, we're gonna we're gonna fight each other, you know, Thunderdome style to figure out who is the best best trivia master, and that we don't we all had to pick one movie and throw it in the hat, and then it would come up randomly what movie we'd get. So to punish the other guys, I decided to throw Superman four into the hat, <laughs> and, and, and then it turned out that that was like the championship round, and they had to you know uh, Rob had to go up against me in it. But uh, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. That was a Just very to, special episode. That was a very special episode. <laughs> and you know, you, if you listen to that show, you know the amount of crap I got for liking Smallville and Superman. It's like, oh gosh. But whatever, I stick to my guns. Well, you Stand have, strong. You have like hmm? four guys you could bring on Media Junkyard with you to back you up. So, yeah. You're good. 
I'm like, whatever. I, I can talk about Smallville on Shoe. I don't need to talk about it here. You guys, you guys can beat on it all you want. <laughs> yeah. Was it your show, the one where Derek and Steve got on there to talk about Ghostbusters, but they really didn't talk about Ghostbusters? No, I think that was... No. Was that Geek uh, Out Loud? Okay. That was, uh, that was the Flix podcast. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they did come on though to do uh, was it tri- was it a trivia episode? I can't remember, but we it was a uh, it's called GFY Stevie Wonder, um, and it was pretty much hilarious. And you actually get to hear Steve swear in it. Uh, <laughs> it never happens. <laughs> well, actually, you know, he actually swore on one of my um, twitters because I went too long in the Twitter. It was one. Of, it was that long Twitter that you guys bleeped out. And as much as I hate swear words, that will always be treasure to me because I, I don't know why, but I just, uh, that was hilarious to me. I was like, oh my gosh, he read my, my, my Twitter and it got a reaction. It wasn't the reaction I wanted. <laughs> I was like, okay, I won't, I Twittered again and I was like, well, I won't make this too long and da, 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 And then I was like, oh wait, you know, I, I'm, I never got to my point cause it was too long, but it, it just, it was funny. His reaction. I'll never forget that. My little my little contribution this year there. Uh, <laughs> was, was it, were you using the twit longer? Because I know that annoys him. Oh yeah, I won't do it again. Tell him <laughs> I won't do it again. I just, uh, as you notice, I'm very verbal and very very long winded. So that's fine. That, right. And you're a podcaster too, so you know that that's what you need. <laughs> um, <laughs> it works. Well, it I, works. And, and you also like me. You're a writer, and I'm long winded too. So. Yeah. You're in good company here. <laughs> Darn it, Dan, I got in trouble again. Oh, <laughs> <this> just... <laughs> that was Robin's fault. <laughs> I'll take the blame, sure. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, cool, as long as it's not mine. <laughs> he's hey. married, he's used to it. Yeah, well, yeah, it could be worse. You could be in trouble with a Clovis or... Bring it on! I got in trouble with Chloe You can forward fans. that email I sent you if you want. Or no, I'll write to her myself. I got in trouble with the... Chloe fans, and that is not a fire anyone wants to mess with on our last live show. Oh, my gosh. That really? was, like, crazy. Yeah. Well, what we did, uh, Robin, was we had Chloe Fest 2011. <laughs> yeah, that was our live show. And it was basically paying tribute to Chloe because, you know, not many people know her. Besides Smallville. Mm-hmm. So basically that's what we did. We talked about Chloe all night. And there were so many Chloe fans. And when I brought up stuff about comics and her being in there and all this stuff, they just yeah. got so pissed. We, we were intending to have fun and it got a little... It got fiery. a little like a war zone. It was, it was interesting. Why would they get mad that she's in the comics? I think it's a cool thing. Because they didn't think they paid... Like respect to her or something like that. Oh, whatever. I think yeah, that's I mean, keeping her character alive. Well, right. Yeah. That's, that's fine for yeah. that. Well, you know, the unique thing about Chloe, I mean, the, they were smart to bring her in because she was one of the characters that DC didn't own, and they could do with her pretty much whatever she wa- what they wanted. So it was a smart move, and Allison Mack was just so good, yeah. and God bless her, she is good. I think sometimes she took up a little too much time, but in, in the episodes, but I mean, I don't hate her. I mean, yeah. Um, um, I, would, I, I, think I would just get. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. I was just going to say, Joe said you can like one character and it doesn't take away from another, and that's completely true. You know. 
So. I would just get irritated that, you know, people, like fans, would really, really focus on her and kind of not really use Clark in the same kind of breath when it's really Clark's show, you know? Like, people are getting very obsessed with the, the, the Chloe and Oliver story and how that was going on and if they were going to get enough screen time together and it's like well uh they're they're they're, they're the co-stars they're you know it's going to be clark and lois first really yeah. <laughs> well the show uh, is about clark so can't we yeah. just keep him as the focus i mean it's about yeah. relationships michael no relationships. <laughs> steve glosson i very much respect you but no I don't think what? he's even being serious sometimes when he says that. No, he's not serious at yeah, all. Yeah, that's the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not being serious at all. Oh, I know that. If he is being serious, he's being sarcastic about it at right. the same time. <laughs> well, and, and going in just with the Smallville memories, I, I would say I've had so many great Smallville memories with Shu, or it's kept things going, or... That, yeah. and, you know, I was talking about the episodes that you get hyped up the most for... I think a lot of my hype for episodes came from what was Shu was doing and, uh, you know, Steve getting on the soapbox. They just get really <laughs> excited about something. Yeah. So that's an, another part that really got me fired up, especially um, Savior. That was my long summer was building up to Savior. Because oh. Doomsday was kind of, you know, a letdown in some respects to me. After <laughs> Season 8 was so good. I had to get Savior and it to be... So strong and to really, I felt oh. there was a up and ante between season yeah, season eight and season nine. Well, when there was Jimmy's death, yeah, yeah, shocked me beyond anything. Mm. But like during the summer, seeing that that uh, the, that trailer for season nine, Whoa. yes, and Derek yes. freaking out in the background. <laughs> that just about uh, yeah got me rolling. <laughs> Yeah, and if they're listening, they probably just turned us off or mentioned that again. hundredth <laughs> time. Uh, well, nothing beats the their reaction to the ending of finale. I mean, the passion and the love they have for the show is all in that reaction, and the fact that they're willing to share that is is God bless them. Because we all had that reaction, we really did. We just didn't have a camera on us like they did. I was yeah. grinning and rip it open too i was like go and and when he threw those glasses down and that jacket off or that vest off i was like oh here it is and the john williams music i did i just oh, I, yes um i you know i i read something online um they were talking about i think it was who's the guy who does batman is it um han zimmer or some yeah. i can't remember yeah. Yeah. yeah they were or yeah Andy they were talking Elfman. about him yeah, and, well, one of them, anyways. Yeah. They wanted him to do Superman music, and he was so emphatic about not doing it. I mean, he was almost afraid of it. And I was like, you know, I mean, it would be like changing the music for Star Wars. It, it just, yeah. it, you, within the first few notes, you know what that music is and to change it. I don't know if any composer is going to want to do it, because if they get it wrong, I mean... And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go off again, but no, it's just that John Williams' music is so dear to my heart. It goes back to those memories. It brought tears to my eyes. And to see Steve and, and Derek felt the same way. We were in kinship at that moment. Well, can we talk about the shirt rip for a minute? Yeah. Because remember when we were watching that scene 
and right after he rips it, I stand up and I'm like ripping my shirt and there's that <laughs> Superman shit underneath. <laughs> I am such a nerd because I totally wore a blue plaid shirt intending on ripping it open to see the Superman shirt underneath. And that's what I did right when he did it. I was so excited. <laughs> and then I go to Dan, I need I go, we need to watch that last five minutes again. Go. Yes. We went back and watched it. Yeah. Yeah. As I, I was I didn't want to go back. We argued for about ten minutes about me going backwards because of the reasons we were you were saying before, Robin, how you were like, Yeah, I haven't really watched it since the since the yep. night it aired because it was just hard to go back to it. So I'm like, Michael, I'm not gonna go back, I'm not gonna watch He's like, We gotta see it again. I'm like, Okay, fine. So we went back <laughs> and watched it again. Oh no! I watched those that final five minutes like one more time after. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, like I said, I just based. I mean, hopefully they'll somehow, they'll edit it into the the last uh, shoe episode, the video podcast. Uh, I just I had a pomegranate. I just sitting here smiling, and I couldn't stop. It was just I don't know. I didn't jump out of my chair. I was just like, here we here he goes. Yes. This is it. And um, awesome. <laughs> that, that music makes me smile. It really does. Yeah. Uh, and with that, we're going to kind of talk about a place that I think we're all kind of scared to go or lost to go, which is this world that's like... coming without Smallville and okay, yeah. without Shoe and these, these things that we had. I know we're still going to have Geek Out Loud, which is awesome, but I plan on jumping on a bandwagon with that. But, you know, one of the things you guys are going to do, and this goes for the people in the chat too, what are you going to do to make up for the void left behind by Smallville? And in terms of that, our podcast covers a set of six shows during the week. And now with Smallville gone, we've got an open spot. So the two questions I have here is, what would you guys like to see our show cover almost in place of Smallville? And what are you planning on watching to make up for the void left behind by Smallville? So I'm going to throw that out to you guys, whoever wants to start answering that. I can't replace it. <laughs> yeah, um, I almost immediately started looking for a replacement. Not even just like, a, like what am I going to watch on Friday nights or what, what's the next new series I'm going to pick up. I was looking for a Superman replacement, so I immediately went to the animated series, and I watched and I watched uh, some movies as well, and um, I'm still kind of going through those. But I've never actually, I think I've watched maybe half the first season of Lois and Clark, so I'm going to check that out. That's all on Netflix, watch instantly, and it's very easy to get to. So I, I plan on doing that, because I never really watched it through. And as cheesy as it is, I might still... Um, enjoy it just because it's Superman. Yeah. Uh, as for like, the, I mean, there's lots of great TV out there, um, and I'm I'm just looking at your the list you have underneath your screen of the other uh, shows you cover, and you definitely have a lot of those there already. I mean, Fringe and Supernatural are the great shows. Yeah. And Castle. I really, I really enjoy all three of those. I've never really seen White Collar. I've seen Leverage is great. I've seen some of that, um, but the others, I'm kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My co-host is hardcore into Bones, so that was kind of a okay. deal I made with him. That if he watched Supernatural and we covered Supernatural, I would do watch Bones and we would cover Bones. So okay, that was kind of the deal that we made on that one. 
Um, See, I, I just kind of get to I, I I'd be looking for more of like a, a like a genre something to or or something with mythology that goes along every week to fill that void. Uh, with the with with something like Bones, it, it I mean I watched the first season and it seemed like you know they're two characters that yeah. have great chemistry and they solve a murder every week and. You know that seems to be it. There's, I don't know how, where it's, where it went to from there, but I only made it through the first. I mean, I had to watch it because, you know, I'm a I'm a weed tonight, so I, yeah. I you know I just see more David Boreanaz. But <laughs> that's why that's why I watched it. That's what got me to watch it. Was yeah. Like, well, Robin, I think I know what kind of replacement you're looking for. I, I'm pretty sure I know. Okay. I think this is it. <laughs> hey, I watched that when I was a kid. <laughs> Unfortunately, the pilot was canceled. So <laughs> I don't know if it's unfortunate. Some of the theories, yeah, some of the things they were coming up with. <laughs> I, I, I was really thinking, want, I want that Green Arrow spinoff. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Uh, Too bad Human Target's gone. Uh, I love Human I, Target. Oh, you know what? Too. Uh, that. The the um, um, show with uh, Michael Rosenbaum that you guys like. What is it called again? Breaking, Breaking in. in. Breaking in. Did was that canceled or not? Well, it's on the fence. It's debatable. They oh, okay, good. But they're really hoping that. Um, I think this was. I think I don't know if I I didn't really hear any reports from this, but um, their last episode was this past Tuesday night, and it was after American Idol. Yeah. And like I. I saw Rosenbaum's Twitter, you know, he was trying to get a lot of support for the show and people to tune in, and I don't really know what the result of that was, so. Mm-hmm. Well, I just heard some, trying to find it. Yeah, I bet, well, I just heard such good things about it, I was like, well, I want to check that out, and then it gets canceled. So, so um, but, um, um, for me, um, I have my Young Justice that I watch. Yes. Um, that I, I do the bo- podcast on. Um, as far, well, I was going to check out Wonder Woman, but that's kind of by the wayside now. I actually went out and bought a bunch of CDs, and I'm going to buy. I think I'm going to buy the Smallville packet that they're coming out with, and um, yes. I'm going to be watching that. And Michael's going to be talking about that, I know too. So yes, he is. He is planning on that. Yes, I am. So, which I was excited about. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, we're going so. to try to set up a segment <laughs> that we're going to have Michael do every week, where he and I are going to be reviewing Smallville from the beginning. Oh, cool. To keep it going because we just love it and we want to keep it kind of a part of our lives. But we're also going to be looking into, it sounds like Cartoon Network's going to start on Friday nights doing Young Justice and a DC Nation show, which is going to be kind of Attack of the Show for the DC Universe. Oh, And then they're going to be doing a Green Lantern show. So we may be covering some of that as well. I don't know. You guys probably read a lot of comics, right? We read a lot. Of yeah, comics. I, yeah, we're pretty hardcore. Okay. Yeah. The whole. I mean, I think the only DC title that I'm continuing with is Superman, because yeah. that's one I can actually follow. Um, as far I, I went through Blackest Night and Brightest Day, and it just totally lost me. I had no idea what was going on. Well, they're trying um, to make everyone as much like Hal Jordan as possible. <laughs> yes. You probably heard me say this on the show. Yeah. Yeah. That Batman, I, I really wanted to understand what that was all about. And I dropped Batman. I, I'm so, I I'm so done it. with it. <laughs> I'm so done with it. It's terrible. It destroyed my childhood. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> what happened to Batman? 
<laughs> apparently, yeah, I don't listen to, or I don't read the comics, but apparently from what I'm hearing and like what you guys are saying, it's getting a little too dark. I mean, really? you got to have some hope to have some people want to read it. I mean, not everybody wants to be in the dark all the time. And, you know, Batman may be darker than Superman, but he's supposed to be a hero. I mean, come on. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know what he's into or what's going on with him, but I mean... I, I keep hearing from people who are readers that he's just, Batman's getting weird. Well, basically, Batman's trying to set up a Batman in, like, every country. Bat, every Bat, yeah, Batman is basically Tony Stark. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's kind of what they've made yeah. him. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible story. It's, it's not working. It's they, they need to call Bruce Tim and Paul Dini and have yeah. those guys come in to clean up that mess. Yeah. That's all I have to say to that. Uh. So it's well, hard because you can't really. I like. I really want to get into more DC stuff because of uh, this loss of Smallville. But really, in the end, I'm just going to be reading Superman. Um, yeah. Well, if that's uh, what you like. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Justice League's actually getting kind of good. Yeah, I, I went to the Generation Lost, and that was fun. Yeah. Um, well, that's uh, that's international. Well, but you read Cry for Justice. Yes. That yes. was fantastic. Yeah, I that was met, good. I met James Robinson last year at Comic-Con, and he was basically, like, it, the first issue had come out only, and he was basically telling me what he was planning. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Then I read it, I'm like, he didn't lie to me. <laughs> well, the cool thing about that is, I, at least the, the version I have, of it, I have the, the graphic novel on the trade, yeah, is so he did, like, a director's commentary throughout it so he talks about the writing process he nice. goes through it how he chose each member of the justice league it's really interesting it's a really solid read so mm-hmm. i really like that i i am a big jeff johns fan i love the sinestro corpse war story arc and the infinite crisis but he get he's getting a little too technical now with stuff like flash rebirth kind of lost me oh i like that and then the blackest night stuff kind of lost me because it gets it gets too Scientific? I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't, not like non-fiction scientific, but... Too technical. Yeah, too technical, I guess. So I've always preferred Earth-bound superheroes. When they get into yeah. outer space and, like, the stakes get raised even higher and higher and higher and, like, anything can happen out there. And all these races that have all these different things you have to know about, I, I get a little lost. So The only... Hero, I really read who does that sort of stuff is Superman, and he doesn't do it as much anymore. No, no, he doesn't. I, I, I prefer Superman stories that don't do that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's why I like Smallville. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's relatable. Right. But speaking of future Superman stories, where are you guys at with Superman, Man of Steel? Are you up the to movie? see it? Are you pumped about it? He's British. I know he's British. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, though? The, each time I see him, he gets hotter and hotter to me. I think he'll be a good Superman if he does it right. Um, he's, I've seen some of his acting, and he, he, I think he can pull it off, you know? I, I'm willing to give him a try. Um, as long as he has an American accent. He's an American, which, you know, they're probably going to do. Love Diane Lane. I think that's she's going to be an awesome Martha, just like Annette O'Toole. Um, and, you know, Kevin Costner is going to be a great Paul Kent, but I was actually wanting him to be Perry White. I thought he would make a really good Perry White. Yeah, I can see that, actually. Well, my favorite, um, my favorite 
um, Kevin Costner movie is The Untouchables. I mean, I could watch, that's another movie. Oh, it's yeah. beautifully, oh yeah. I could watch that over and over again. And to me, he would make a very suave Perry White. Um, you know, maybe not the yelling kind of flaying guy, but he would be, he would be really tough on his reporters. Um, but he'll be great as Paul Kent. And I'm, I mean, I'm happy with it. Uh, the guy who's playing Zod, I'm not too sure about, but. He's but, actually American. Yeah, I know that's yeah, yes. I know. <laughs> Have you seen yeah. anything Michael Shannon's been in at all? Because uh, to me, I think he's a really great actor. I think he'll, I think he'll do a good job. I don't know if he'll bring bring, bring the gravitas uh, that Terrence Stamp does. That I've been talking on shoe about this for like this entire year, and. Um, you know, as as the casting news comes out, you know, there are some kind of like, okay, that's an interesting choice, you know. Um, but I'm glad with, that they kind of went for a, a close to, I mean, Henry Cavill has been on the Tudors, but I could count on one hand how many people I know that's seen the Tudors. Um, I tried to watch it. I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm kind of glad that they went with somebody who's, you know, maybe not on TV right now or not something, not somebody who's, you know, in the limelight too much. Um, it's, it's interesting. We get like, we're going to get a little taste of him in Immortals, you know, this year and to kind of wet our palate to see if this guy, maybe see a little Superman in him or whatever. But um, I'm, I'm glad they went with a, a really interesting actor to play Zod. Like Michael Shannon is of to me a very very interesting actor and he's done you know different kinds of roles throughout his career um the the kevin costner and diane lane uh parts of perfect whatever it's just perfect to me and it's funny because i just watched this movie called the company men with uh ben affleck and uh uh kevin costner and tommy lee jones um where basically ben affleck plays this guy who's got who, who just like lost this like high-paying job, and he's now got to, like, work construction with his brother-in-law, and his brother-in-law is played by Kevin Costner, and he is in, like, full Jonathan Kent mode. That's <laughs> awesome. It's just, like, I'm the, wor- you know, working man, you know, I'm going to teach you to trade, blah, 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 and it's, it's, uh, it's great. Uh, so I can totally see Kevin Costner as that. It, it, that, but that's interesting, that's an interesting thought about him as Perry, too, that I can see that, too, with the, the untouchables, but... Um, yeah, I'm just kind of like, like, like we were talking about like the score and stuff. Like, how are we gonna do a new score? They better use John Williams. How could they not use John Williams? It's just like this is like the end. Like after Smallville, we're done with the Donner Superman now, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully they they do something with this reimagining that doesn't totally suck you know yeah no i agree i agree i mean if they use something different i'm fine with that it's just it's i'm like you i hope they do it well you know and um you know like derek in the back of my mind i might have the old superman music in my head but uh, my point was though is i don't think i don't know if any musician or composer is going to want to i mean i I haven't read anything Thing else, but this composer was so adamant about not doing it. It was almost like he was afraid to. So I don't know if they're going to be able to find anybody. Well, and that's out of respect to John Williams. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the most respected film scorists out there of all time. Yeah, so I wouldn't want to mess with his work either. Well, Zimmer's been doing everything these days, so yeah. I, I'm okay with him bowing out of Superman yeah. being somebody more 
you know, something that's not going to sound like, you know, something between the Inception soundtrack and the Batman soundtrack doing a score for Superman would be great. <laughs> well, and it might be a, a new composer, because when John Williams came along, he, was, he wasn't, I mean, he was known, but not like now, certainly. Right. Um, so maybe they just need somebody with, with fresh blood who will bring a more modern, um, um, you know, sound to the music. All um, guitar solos. Call Louis Femre. <laughs> I, you know what? I would love yeah. for him to do it. I really would. I liked. I loved his music in Smallville. Um, uh, you know, I love that. Um, he. I think he wrote the music with the John Williams in mind. Yeah. Because uh, you could hear those notes. Um, I, I, I liked his music. It blew me away how fast he had to write it for each episode. Yeah. I mean, he had to have it like the day before it came out or something like that, which was just incredible to me. But. Yeah. Uh, even watching, like I've been watching the animated series, and I realized that their theme, like, is a different Superman theme, and I can totally buy the Superman. But then again, it's also very similar. It's got that, you know, that's that's in that the John Williams music. So it's it's not exactly totally different. Well, you need to have a really uplifting theme for Superman, something that everyone's going to not only enjoy, but whenever you think of Superman. That's what you'll think of. And that's yeah. really what the John Williams theme is. And I'm not saying anything can surpass that. But I'm saying if you get something similar, you might have a better chance. Yeah. But also, on the subject of Henry Cavill, besides my qualms with him being British, I actually did see him in um, the movie Blood Creek. I don't know if any of you have seen that. He was actually very good in that movie. And cool. He, pl- he played, uh, I think, the main character, the hero of it. And after seeing that, I have better respect for him as an actor, and I think he might be able to pull off Superman. So. It's, it'll be exciting to see what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I hope they don't change the suit too much, though. Kind of worried about that. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Superman Next movie. year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nicholas Cage Superman suit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, no. You know, I have to say... It was a great say, Twitter I, avatar, though. It, it is yeah. a Twitter avatar. <laughs> and it gave me a good laugh during an episode of Shoe. Uh, yeah. the feed, but <laughs> when I saw that, when I, after you guys talked about it, I went online to find it. I just, I mean, how could anybody think that would work? Um, but the, um, the, the Superman Returns, Brandon Ralph, awesome guy. I thought, I felt he was a little young, but he, he was great. The suit drove me crazy though, because I don't know what else to call it, but his outside underwear was too, it was too low riding. I kept wanting to tell him to pull yeah. up his underwear. It drove me nuts the whole movie. Yeah, I'm going to be looking at that next time. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. But it was like, I was just, every time I looked at it, because. Pull your pants. I, I, just, but this, that's the only problem I really had with the suit. I didn't mind that it was darker red. Um, um, the boots could have been longer, because I think his legs look, would have looked better. But um, I loved Brown and Ralph. It was a shame that he it didn't work out, things didn't work out for him. I yeah, think he yeah. was really a good actor and, and a good guy, it sounds like. So it's. He was good on Chuck the couple times I saw him. I've never yeah. not watched yeah, a lot, but yeah. oh, he's a good bad guy. He'll be back in season five of Chuck. And the last season, thank goodness. Yeah, because <laughs> got to go on downhill. But uh, sorry to ruin that for you, Robin. <laughs> it's okay. Superman Returns was a terrible movie. 
just have to put that out there. Oh, jeez. Uh, I don't want to start this debate. Yeah, like that. <laughs> it, it's at That's... least better than Superman 3. I am glad you have your opinion. Enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, for another opinionated question, uh, do you think, I know that we've got things out there like that Robin Shirley knows about, like Buffy Season 8 and the Angel <laughs> After the Fall stuff. Do you think that we're going to get something like that with the Smallville universe? I mean, do you think this is the last we're going to see of it? Or do you think we're going to see a story that may take place after the fact someday? That would be cool. That would be, I would definitely be open for, for reading more adventures of, uh, like, a draw of Superman uh, that looks like Tom Welling, you know, in, in a, like, uh, monthly adventure. That, that'd be really cool. Uh, I, I've, I've heard nothing of that at all, but um, I'd be totally open to it. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. That'd be very, very awesome. Um, I, I would, you know, at that, uh, you mean, uh, I guess the question is, I didn't quite understand. You mean as far as another series or something in comic books? Yeah, I didn't catch something in general. Uh, oh, of the story. oh. Well, I like I like Robin's idea in a comic book. It would be great to see him. They'd have to pay for the rights for his, you know, his his features. But uh, which actually, since his Hellcats is now off, he could probably use the money. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, that, I, I'm not going to get yeah, into it. I, I like. Yeah, I was really sad for him. I think I'm not going to tell you what I think. Yeah. Um, but keep you it know, positive. It's all in our. I think we got the drip. But anyways, oh, sorry. <laughs> but um, I think that um, I would like to see um, and, and you know this is just me dreaming it'll probably never happen uh, because in some universes they have kids and in some universes they don't I would love to see a Smallville family Superman family with kids and stuff but I know that's probably never going to happen to see them raising kids and saving people and stuff would be I mean what, what storylines would that come up with it would be great you have your kids that are have these superpowers, and they're making the same mistakes Clark did, and I just I don't know. But I, you that's know, me. if they don't have enough, if they don't have enough, uh, you know, cash to fork over to Tom for his likeness for an extended series, I would love like just like an epic, you know, like Superman versus Lex Luthor, like the 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 first the first time this actually happens well with like he's wearing the suit, you know, or, and where, where he's with, where he's at with uh, Lois at the time. And, you know, and to have it like written by like, you know, Kelly and Brian or, or maybe Alan Terry or somebody like that, you know, yeah. heck even Brian Q. Miller. That'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be nice to have like, you know, like the Columbo movies, they have them like two or three times a year or they used to, um, <laughs> The CW would come up with a movie, you know, Smallville or Metropolis movie with Cl with him in it. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't think he's coming back. Um, I don't think so. Either. Yeah, they, they were saying that a lot after Angel ended. You know. Yeah. It could be like the Trial of the Incredible Hulk kind of deal. Ah, there's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the one with Thor and Daredevil? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I still have those on DVD somewhere. <laughs> I need to watch those is what I need to do. Oh, yeah. Rex Smith in a black daredevil suit. Well, I've seen the picture. But I need to watch that movie. <laughs> uh, I, 
it's, it's definitely worth a laugh. <laughs> I'm going to go back and watch the old Flash series. Yes. That's what I want to Oh, do. yeah, yeah. That is a great series. So I definitely want to check that out. That's That would be just a really awesome thing. It's very 90s, though. So just be mm. Well, I watched a majority of Lois and Clark when I was a kid. I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but... Yeah, it's... It's similar. I watched season one and they kind of lost me, but... That's another story for another time. Mm. But... Yeah, it, go ahead, Lily Sweet. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, it would be nice to see him in the comics. I think that would be cool. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, or voice an animated movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Tab, get on the phone. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Well, I wouldn't mind if the continuation of Smallville was an animated movie if they were the same voices. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. They animated exactly. it to look like Tom. Yeah. yeah. American Durants, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think we need, like, a, a Derek and Steve. <laughs> Standing on a corner there. looking up. Yes. One of them drops a hot dog that they're eating, you know. You know <laughs> Michael, Michael and I were halfway expecting to see Derek or Brian and Kelly or somebody have a cameo in the finale or be on the plane. <laughs> like, we're looking yeah. at everybody like, is that one of the writers? Is that somebody? Well, I think I saw Stan Lee. Because <laughs> he's in everything. You, you mean that scene where there's a hammer in the crowd? And they tied a hammer to the truck? <laughs> not, not, see, what? You're, you're the I'm not movie. sure what you... Yeah, I, well, oh wait, that's Thor. Thor. Oh, sorry. That's oh, okay, I was going, what? Yeah. But I missed. <laughs> but anyway, we're kind of digressing a bit with that. So, we're just going to go on with our closing. It's probably going to take a little bit. We do kind of a shoe closing on our show where we're going to close in three minutes and it ends up being like 15 minutes, but... Anyway, I we and I and this I know this goes for everybody here tonight, but I just want to say thanks to just all the writers and the cast members and the crew members that just made Smallville such a success over oh, the past ten years and brought us in what I call the new millennium's first Superman. And I really I mean I gotta give special thanks to Robin and all you guys at SHU, Krypton site, the Superman homepage. All these places have just spent countless hours uniting all the small little fans into this force that really, I think if we didn't have it, this show would have never gotten the proper finale that it deserved. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> so I just think we need to say thank you to all the, all those people for what they've done for all of us. So if you guys have thank you, it's what to say. You're more than welcome to throw those out there, too. Hey guys, I sincerely apologize about this, especially in regards to our excellent guest host for this week's episode. But unfortunately, I did not realize that Ustream cuts off a recording after around the three-hour mark. So sadly, our guest host, as well as Michael, giving their final goodbye or thank you to the cast and crew of Smallville got cut off, which is really unfortunate and disheartening to me because... It was really great material. But to sum things up, basically what happened in the rest of the closing was that we thanked Robin, one of the hosts of Media Junkyard, and a host on Starkville's House of L, the number one Smallville podcast, 
We basically thanked him as well as Elisa Lee, the host of the Young Justice podcast, for joining us on the live show. Because really, it would have not been as great of an event or we wouldn't have not had as great of a time without them joining us. So that was huge. So thank you, Robin, Elisa Lee, for the bottom of my heart. Thank you for joining us. And also, during this point in time, we kind of extended our hand out in friendship to the guys at the Media Junkyard Podcast, as well as the Shoe Podcast, otherwise known as Starkville's House of Val. And hopefully, Robin, or if any of your fellow co-hosts on Starkville's House of Val or Media Junkyard, definitely you guys, please, we do regard you as friends. We see you as kind of our Jonathan Kent mentor figure. So if you guys are listening, please, we definitely want to continue a friendship with you guys. And Robin, if you can continue communication with us, we really enjoy talking with you. We hope you can join us again in the future. So definitely it was a great thing from that aspect. And Elisa Lee, you're always a great friend to our podcast. And we definitely want to continue our friendship with you into the future as well. From here, Robin took the opportunity to advertise Stark Phil's House of L, episode 175, which is going to be their final episode. And Robin was really excited about it and really hyped it on our show because this podcast is going to be a video podcast made from a barrage of films that was sent to them by their fans, paying tribute to this show and how they've enhanced their Smallville experience over the years. So this is going to be a huge milestone in the history of podcasting, the fact that they're going to have this huge final show and include these videos and really pay a nice tribute to their fans, which Robin says was a tearjerker. So he said it's just a really well-handled video and it's going to be a really interesting watch. So definitely check that out, especially if you've been a fan of Starkville's House of L over the years. I've been a big fan, so has Michael, and I definitely will be checking this show out. Again, it's going to be difficult for me to watch, but I definitely will be checking that out, and I wish them well with the editing and everything that they need to do to get that show done, because it's really going to be a great one. In other news, basically Michael also makes two big of announcements in regards to our podcast. And one, as he mentioned earlier in this episode, is that he wants to review Smallville from the beginning on an episode-by-episode basis. And basically, to do that, we're going to give him his own podcast segment. So definitely be on the lookout for that. He's going to start with his review of Pilot and basically go from there all the way back to where we are now with Finale. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Also, Michael is planning on writing scripts for Smallville episodes that would take place after Finale. Then he's going to put them in PDF format and post them on the Across the Airways website for you to read. So, if you want to see more adventures regarding the Smallville incarnation of Clark Kent and or Superman, definitely check those out. Michael's got some great ideas. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to help him with writing them. And I hope other people will join the bandwagon as well, because it would just be fun to keep these stories alive. And we're not trying to step on the work that Brian and Kelly have done, but we just thought it would be fun to see what would happen next or get to explore that a little bit. So definitely check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's all going to be going on this summer. And also on that note, Across the Airways is going to be taking a brief hiatus to get caught up on editing. All the preparations from this live show 
kind of threw us off schedule, so we're going to have to do that. And also, we just kind of want to take a breather for a week. Uh, just We've been working all year long, and we definitely feel we deserve a little bit of a break. So we're going to take that break time and expect us to be back in June with our review of Thor and Green Lantern. And maybe, depending on who's seen those movies, maybe we can get a guest to join us again or something like that. So stick with us over the summer. We won't be around on a weekly basis, but we will be around. So keep checking back to our website. So also with that, for those of you who've just got into our podcast by listening to this live show or hearing that a Robin or Elisa Lee was a part of our podcast, well, if you want to keep up with Across the Airways, you can visit our website at www.acrosstheairways.com. There you can access our Twitter page, which is Across Airwaves. There's no the in there. It's Across Airwaves. You can also email us at across the airwaves at gmail.com. Again, that's across the airwaves at gmail.com. Also, you can click the like button on our website to like our Facebook page, where you can get all sorts of TV news from my regular co-host, who unfortunately could not join us tonight, Nico. So check that out. He upstates that regularly, and it's a great way to keep track of everything that's going around in the TV and movie universe. So check that out. Also, we have a YouTube channel set up by our very own Michael J. Petty. So check that out. Michael does an excellent job, and it's got all sorts of previews and promos for big upcoming Across the Airways events, as well as promos for TV shows and movies that are coming out. So check that stuff out. It's it's great material. It's really great. And also, you can leave us a voicemail. You can access that number by visiting our site. And lastly, you can download an Android app for our podcast. So you just go on the right-hand side of our webpage, click the link to the Android app, and you can have access to our podcast and ways to communicate with us through our phone. So definitely check that out. So for my co-host, Nico Reifsteck, who couldn't join us today, and Michael J. Petty, as well as our excellent guest host, who I get, I can't thank enough for joining us, Robin Burge and Elisa Lee. I'm Dan Schmidt. And until our next episode, which should be coming out sometime next week, we will catch you on the airwaves. So thanks for joining us, everybody.